And good morning. It is a Friday edition. That It's a half a Friday, half a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. The Victory Friday. Yeah, we don't get to do those a lot, no. but uh, here we are. And no, well, we, half we, a Monday is a recap of Ravens. Right. It oh, feels okay. kind of like a Monday in that way, but it's a Friday, of course, because that voice that you just heard is none other. And the Chief Grand Poobah here at Pressbox, our friend, Mr. Stan the Fan Charles, who is back in studio with us. And it's a weird vibe, Stan, because the Ravens won. Mm-hmm. That is a good thing. There mm-hmm. is no getting around that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, of course, the other side of it where people are going to say, right, but what would have happened if Joe Burrow had played the whole game? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. And we'll never be able to know. But it's the same way that. You know, I don't think the Bengals apologized for winning two games against the Ravens last year when Lamar Jackson w- wasn't playing. No, I for, didn't recall hearing them yeah, apologize. Yeah, I don't think any of them said, like, maybe we shouldn't count this one. Maybe we should wait and see if we can do it again when Lamar Jackson can play. And obviously the other part of it is the feeling that everybody has because of the loss of Mark Andrews, which yeah. is overwhelming. So I we're going to do our best to cover all of those things during the course of our conversation this morning. What's the latest on length of uh, time out? Oh, it, John Harbaugh said afterwards he believes it's season ending. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, that's what it is. Yep. Press box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka will check in with us later on this hour. Also, later on this morning, we're going to catch up with Kirk Herbstreet, who was, of course, on the call last night uh, on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, who knows what might else pop up during the course of our uh, couple of hours together. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. Worked out for me. Worked out for you. You don't. Unfortunately, Stan. Stan, when we did our picks this week, he took the Bengals, and I understood the thought process. And you know, there's a, a lot of it's a thought process that's got me fifteen and sixteen. Fifteen and si- yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm what nineteen and I think you nineteen eleven and one tw- something like that. Uh, wait a minute. It's 19, 11, and 1. Right. Yeah. right. That's a pretty good record. If you took my pick and ran over to Superbook, then you, you would have both whatever you won and the free bets that come along with making that first bet. Because if you use the code... I mean, if you would have bet $250, you would have, you would have won 250 roughly, and they would have matched... With $250 more of free bets. Seems like you should have done that. You know yeah, I mean? it seems now like you definitely should Yeah, really done regretting that, that yeah. decision if you didn't. But you got to use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up or StanCharles23 when you sign up. GlennClark23 or StanCharles23, either one works. When you sign up at Superbook.com or you download the Superbook app and you will receive up to $250 in that same-day first bet match, win or lose. Yeah. Um, Stan, I, I'll start just generically. The performance of the Baltimore Ravens last night. How did you feel about it? Uh, it was it was uh, pretty uplifting. First of all, I was at the game. I went to my first game of the year. My brother, the weather took, was my pleasant. Brother took me. Yeah, I screwed up one thing. I had a hat that I wanted to wear, and I have like a Under Armour sort of skull cap, and then a a knit cap that I wanted to wear over that because all I kept hearing is going to be 50 degrees and And my head is shaved, you know, pretty close. And I grabbed the wrong hat. It was a hat I didn't want to wear. And in grabbing my binoculars, when my brother picked me up, he was five minutes early. 
I left the, the cap thing home, and I got to the game, and I said, shit, I got this cap I don't want to wear. <laughs> and that was the only thing that was a little cool on me okay. last night. I mean, I really sent a chill through me. But the crowd was absolutely Whew. electric last night. Man. I mean, I've been to a lot of Ravens games uh, over, you know, the 25 years they've been here, um, 28 years. It it was really, really incredibly loud last night. Uh, credit to the Ravens. They went out of their way, obviously, last night with the doing the black thing. And then, you know, they brought in Big Boy from Outcast. They... They clearly sort of ramped up. Is that who the it. halftime show was? Yes, big they were boy. great. They were great. He's amazing. Yeah, he is absolutely. A, great. He is a legend. Yeah. he is awesome. And that was a really cool choice. I don't know if the Ravens made the choice or Amazon yeah, or, had something or, or to do or with Amazon it. Amazon might like, have made that choice, but, but they were really good. Damn, that was a. Now, cool... Do they play after the game too? No, nah, just the, just they, the they, Amazon does a different music thing right. after right. the games. Right. Um, but that one was just in stadium. Uh, I was very jealous of everybody that got to be there for yeah. that because Big Boy is it was a, a legend, it was one of the man. better live performances cool. I've seen at a game. That's it was cool. really, really good. That's very cool. Really so I and thought they the Ra- seemed to put a lot of beautiful women behind behind them. I mean it was incredible. There was like about seventy people, I guess, really were behind them, you know, sort of Behind and to the, the side. The actual performance the was down ratio, like field level, right? Yeah, like the, it was, the, yeah. The, the ratio. I just kept. I said, "Boy, she's really pretty. <laughs> she's really pretty." I mean, that's all I could think of. Um, you mean to you mean to tell me perhaps that was planned? That was uh, not just the. Actual... I don't think they randomly said uh, <laughs> seat number two or twenty three. You come down here. Thirty eight. You come down here. You know, uh, there were no fat, no fat people. There. Yeah. <laughs> Except one white guy that was really heavy set. It wasn't real Van Dan, was it? He seemed to know every word of every song they did. Good for him. Anyway, it was an electric electric atmosphere last night, and uh, I thought we were on the way to a great, great football game until Burrow's injury. Man, so there's a... Again, I'm not feeling sorry for the Bengals. Well, and and it's it's multi-layered, right? I, I'm really glad you bring that up because even at home, I could sense the crowd was rabid. Like yeah. it was, they were worked up into a lather. There's a reason why the Ravens have been undefeated on Thursday nights yeah. at home. In I would their not history. Pick, do we, do we I think? Would, we, I, I would not pick against them on a Thursday night. I mean, it's Next. something about the combination of the fact that it's it's tough always for road teams yeah, on Thursday is. night. Then combine that with. You give this town a day's worth of drinking and, you know, everybody leaving work at noon mm-hmm. on a Thursday and making an event out of it. Thursday night in Baltimore is an extraordinarily difficult place to play. I wore my hearing aids last night to the ball, the, to the game, and I have never had this happen before. It was so loud that my hearing aids, it, it, it sounded like wow. that. I mean, wow. it, it was absolutely, I've never had that impact at any sporting event or any other event I've been at. Uh, so even credit. my Thanksgiving dinner. No? no? Even even no. when the family no. gets together, no. it doesn't no. sound like oh, That's no. remarkable, Stan. Uh, <laughs> we might need to put that to the test this year. <laughs> we might need to. Actually, last night between Femi and Rita on Project Game oh Day, I thought it might get there. They were uh, There was some <laughs> animated conversation last night on uh, Project Game Day. So, so to your point, uh, credit to the crowd. I, I think it's something that a lot of fans have been talking about. On, on Twitter, there's been a movement the last couple of weeks. Uh, our friend Spencer Schultz, who's now our um, 
He does our sports betting stuff at PressBoxOnline.com. I know Spencer's been one who's been really pushing that. Like, this has gotten we, – we need noise again at, at the stadium. We need there to be a home field advantage. Well, there that, was a clear home field advantage last night. And I, th- I thought one of the things in the game – that really they worked. They called two timeouts in the first half because yeah. of all the crowd. That noise. was with that was with, with Burrow, Burrow. Yeah, and the other guy. What, what's his Jake name? Jake Browning. What's it? Jake Browning. Jake Browning. I want yes. to remember that name because <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I'll ever see him again. In an yeah, NFL you might game. see him next Sunday yeah, against the might, Steelers, unfortunately, might. which isn't good news. Um, well, you got to like the fact that Burrow looks like he's out for a while. And, uh, well, you say that, Sean, but the Ravens have basically put the Bengals to bed in the AFC North. Now you could use the Steelers losing a couple of football the games. Sean Watson is out. I yep. mean, our, the competition is. Oh, well, we you can't. Know, we cannot you know, put the Browns. You know who's, uh, you know who's working the out for them this heard, morning? I heard yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how that goes. I have no. I have, would have no problem with that. Uh, in other words, if Lamar got hurt and I knew he was out six or seven weeks, I'd have no problem bringing Joe Flacco. I in. I wouldn't bring him in to start anymore. Yeah, I, I'd be, I would be, I, like, I know that we didn't like what we saw from Tyler Huntley, but I understood the thought process there of just having someone athletic right. in those situations, right. and I feel like it almost requires, like, that you, you're going to be in a spot where you got to get through for a couple games. You need an athletic quarterback at this point, and I just Joe at damn near forty at this point. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, no, he, I didn't say I'd bring him in to start yeah okay to have All him right. as a yeah. disaster sure you know sure no no no. you can do worse than that yeah. i i would agree with yeah. that yeah. so we start with the crowd i'm i'm glad you brought that up stan i thought that was a big story last night but and, but i started to say um uh, that one of the things that inadvertently helped us was the Bengals winning the uh coin toss and deferring mm. and it gave the ravens a chance to come out and play before that electric crowd and get them really juiced up and then by going down and scoring the crowds even I mean, more whipped great, into a it frenzy a great, it was a great offensive sequence on on the first score and then after that when you lose mark andrews yeah it was clear you saw immediately the impact of that on this offense that the next few drives were aimless were i mean utterly aimless without mark andrews on the field and some of that to me is adjustment. Some of that did he get hurt? He didn't get hurt on the first. He did the first the, series. Not the touchdown. It was the play before the touchdown that set them up on the what the four yard line or so. It was on the first went. series. Yes. Okay. I did not. I did not remember it that yep. way. Okay. So then you have a few. I mean, truly aimless. The only first down they got on like the next three drives was a pass interference. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I was w- sitting next to my cousin, who's an orthopedic surgeon, Sam Matz. I'll give him a plug. Very good uh, shoulder specialist, extraordinary. Can we get him? Can we get him to Mark Andrews? Can we're, we? Yeah. We're talking. We're talking like my brother and I, and I'm going. Boy, did he hit his head on that? I think he's concussed. And Sam goes, I think it was before he he hit ground. I saw a step. He diagnosed it r- right away. Like not watching replays right. or anything. He said he took a funny step or something. Well, so the the controversy on the hit, of course, is that it's what's known in the NFL as the hip drop tackle. And the league made a big push about this two months ago. Maybe not even two months ago. Because remember, we had the conversation with Tyus and Jadevion whenever we did that Mm -hmm. show. And it was right in the aftermath of the league making this huge presentation about hip drop tackles and sort of laying the groundwork for we want these out of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And the statistic is that you're 25 times more likely to get injured on a hip drop tackle. 
And I get it. Like, defenders eternally. And when we brought it up with Tyus and Jadeveon, they both were like, "What, dude, what are we supposed to do? Right. And I understand the feeling, but we talked about it last night on Project Game Day. Thank you for those of you that joined us. As always, Project Game Day. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We'll be back next Sunday night for the next Project Game Day. But A week from Sunday. Yes, not this coming Sunday right. night, obviously, the following After Sunday the Chargers night. game. Exactly right. So, Or we could just hang out this Sunday night. There wouldn't be a game to talk about. But could talk about the Concordia prep game. Could. They play for the uh, the B Conference yeah, title on, on Sunday. Sunday. That's right. So um, the hip drop tackle is it appears as though it's going to go away. And there was a lot of passion last night on game day because I Rita is talking about the way that defenders feel, which is – Dude, we're, you know, we can't hit here. We can't hit here. We're, we're, what are right. we supposed to do? Whereas, and, and Femi said very cleanly, that there were, there were two plays last night that we saw obvious hip drop tackles. Every other play last night appeared to be a legitimate tackle. That's one play that we're mm-hmm. talking about. You're, you're not going to be able to. It, it, it seems very clear. That being said, I'm not mad at Logan Wilson right now. That's a legal tackle. Right. The NFL hasn't gotten rid of it yet. I'm mad at Logan Wilson. I mean, be, I get it. Like, I want to be, but this is the way it works. Like, until it's out of the game, then it's not Logan Wilson's responsibility to say, well, maybe this could get him hurt, so I'm not going to do it. It's mm-hmm. a legal hit at the moment. But I expect that in this offseason, that tackle that will, will be, be ruled out. removed from football, and there will no longer be hip drop tackles. And that this might, because it was a national TV game and a serious injury to a, a star player, it might be the moment that kind of pushes it over. Can you describe what it is? Because it's essentially, I'm, 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 it's I'm, when, I'm, go ahead. So when someone goes, and Griffin will try to pull up some video, um, when you go around the hip and then bring your body weight down on their lower body. So the argument is that when you go around the hip, you got to twist them, and so your your body weight is not landing on top of their yeah. body weight, right? right? Right. Or you have to wrap up, and and their body weight can come down on your body. Whatever right. whatever the answer is, it's that in that situation because it's lower body beneath the hip. Here, Griffin will, will show you one of the the tackles. Um, because your body weight is coming down on their lower body, that it puts you at greater risk of injury. Oh jeez, yeah. Okay, yeah, right? All right. All right. And so I watched it, but I didn't know that it was called that. So yeah. understandably, defenders, whenever you take you know, anything, what out am of the I going to do? Right. Yeah. But in the same way that they took horse collar tackles out of the game, right. and we understand that you can still play football. In fact, defense is better this year than it's been in recent NFL seasons. That you can understand that they're going to have to be different ways to make those hits once yeah. the hip drop tackle is taken out of the game. And it just appears very clear that it's going to be taken out of the game. It just isn't yet, which is a shame. So they lose Mark Andrews. They look off for a while. To your point, they finally get going. Ironically, the drive where they get going is a drive immediately after Joe Burrow gets hurt, right? Like, that, the two have nothing to do with each other right, because you're not going up against Joe Burrow, but yeah. it's ironic that... In that moment, that's when the Ravens' offense finally comes back to life late in the first half. They go down, they get a late score, and everybody's feeling good on right. their side. And then, of course, it, it – What was the score at the half? 21 to 10? Yes. Yes, yes, because they scored 10. right before. Yeah. They had the two-minute – Yeah, and they, yeah. Added they the got two, the they ball added the back with score, like – Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I am uh, – offensively, I, they got it together. They – 
played well. It was weird that they couldn't run the ball in the first half. That was the part that was most alarming, as we talked about throughout the week. The Bengals do not have a good run defense statistically, and the Ravens statistically are one of the best run offenses. The fact that they weren't able to run the ball in the first half. Now, admittedly, the, the Bengals, Bengals were really bringing it to them. Stacking though. the box. Yeah, they were no really – and, and playing with high energy in the first half. Yeah. And Trey Hendrickson was a force. He did not yeah. appear to be at all impacted by the injury that had limited him and knocked him out of the last game. Right. He was, as advertised, Trey Hendrickson. But they got it figured out, and in the second half, I feel like one of the big questions today, and we'll talk about it with Bo, is can the Ravens still be a Super Bowl contender without Mark Andrews? Mm -hmm. And I feel like you saw in swaths in the second half how they can be. I, I, it's not going to be easy. I think if we're pretending like, well, Isaiah Likely or Charlie Kolar can just step up and be Mark Andrews, no, they, but they can both be useful pieces in that offense, and I would think that Patrick Ricard will also get a little bit more action. Stan, to yeah. me, the wild card in all of this yeah. is Bateman, right? Like that, I, Beckham looked great last night, obviously, yeah. and Beckham, as the season has gone on, has looked more and more like, like Beckham. Odell Beckham, yeah. particularly the guy that you saw with the Rams when they made their Super Bowl run. He Agreed. has looked more and more like Agreed. that player as the season and has gone on. Flowers is a very dynamic player, no question about it. We all see it in swaths from Bateman, right? Like right. We see it in doses where we're like, that's the guy. Like That's the guy that has this, all of the skill set that you're looking for. Like his catch on the second touchdown, that was a ball in the to me in the past, it would have been oh, he should have had that. Right. You know, and he caught you, it you, firmly and we all see moments yeah. where it looks like it's all coming together for Rashad Bateman. Yeah. And again, given his skill set, given his size, his speed, to me, if if the biggest issues are third down and red zone He's the matchup difference maker he's yeah. the guy i'm looking to to be the the difference maker without mark andrews yeah the way and i was having this conversation with a few folks last night when you asked that can the ravens survive and still be a super bowl contender without mark andrews my answer is sort of like if that if rashad bateman can step up and mm. consistently deliver in those spots specifically third down and red zone yeah yeah i i think they still can be Without Mark Andrews, it's not. It's sure as hell not easy. And Mark Andrews is so reliable yeah. that you know it's, you're asking for a, a really difficult thing to imagine that you can just easily replace it. But the answer to me is, if Rashad Bateman can give you more in those capacities, mm -hmm. I think it's possible that they could survive without Mark Andrews and still make a Super Bowl type of run. Yeah. I, I don't think that will be the difference that keeps us from being dangerous. I think we're a very dangerous team right now. I also feel like they're a team that needs a bye. Like, I, to me, that was one of the things in watching last night's game. We saw Patrick Queen whiff on a, on a tackle. We saw a couple other things that were a little eye-opening. It just, they look like a team that's exhausted at the moment and should benefit from just having the weekend off mm -hmm. and a couple of extra days to get ready for the Chargers, but more than anything. And they have their bye after the Chargers After the game. Chargers yeah. game. So it's right? a big, because it's like, what, one game in like 23 days, I, it, it, essentially? And that's here. the thing that yeah. I can come back to. I, I get that we're disappointed about Mark Andrews and that we are, it's, it's far from perfect. They're a flawed football team, but right. so is everyone else in the NFL. 
they're all flawed. So I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know how you could feel a lot better than being eight and three. To Griffin's point, one game to play over the course of the next three Sundays, mm-hmm. and then you come out of that presumably fresher. You hopefully you did all that last night without Ronnie Stanley. Marlon Humphrey. Could, no you Marlon could tell Humphrey. was an impact. Yeah. Patrick McCary has played really well at times. Last night, beginning of the game, he was struggling. Yeah. Um, KZ brought this up last night on game day. Credit to Todd Munkin because they went to a seven-step drop after a little while, and that mitigated some of the struggles that Patrick McCary was having early on in the game. And they came in, they brought Likely into chip a couple of times, mm-hmm. and that helped out a lot. So yeah. give Todd Munkin credit because that was a, an in-game adjustment yep. last night that he made. So you get presumably, because if they didn't put him on IR, it's because they don't think they're going to be out long term. If you can get both Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey back at least out of the bye, even if it's not next Sunday, mm-hmm. you're go- either going to be 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three, right. And given that it's the Chargers, we're all going to think they should be 9-3. Nine nine and three. Three, yep. I-, I don't know how you feel a whole lot better about a team given the con- – Given the constructs of no one is all, no one is running away with anything at this yeah. point. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not. I feel like uh, San Diego is a good spot for uh, Jim Harbaugh. So, did you see the report that came out this week? No. So, remember last week we were talking about um, a report from the Boston Globe. Well, there was a follow-up oh, this about week about him doing the Patriots, about Bill Belichick and the Chargers. Oh, Belichick going to the There Chargers was a report this week. I got it. Gary Myers, who was a longtime NFL writer, extraordinarily right. plugged in in New York. Right. Um, I don't know if he's still writing for the uh, the Daily News. The would, would they have to trade Justin Herbert to uh, get him? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think Bill Belichick would go to the Chargers if he didn't get a quarterback in the deal. Uh, and I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to the Patriots if he doesn't. I don't it. think there's any chance in hell that yeah. Jim Harbaugh is going to the Patriots yeah. if he doesn't get that job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary Myers says, one of my well-placed sources believe the Chargers are the favorites for Bill Belichick in 2024. Really? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Right. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, uh, we'll see what that uh, – I mean, if – I, if they were still in San that Diego, would be the spot, would be, that would be the spot for Jim Harbaugh. To, oh, I've, to coach I've thought team. all along it was yeah. the most logical spot. And I think him. he's a better choice. To, a more interesting choice is probably Belichick to see if he can win again with with a quarterback. But do you need the coach that you bring in there to be someone that you're directly like? This is the the, the dirty secret. Bill Belichick is he's not the direct offensive. You know, he's not a quarterback whisperer. Right. We, we associate right. him with Tom Brady, but he's that's not his background. Right, but having a quarterback is vitally a- 100%. important. 100%. Yeah. We agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. But yeah. to the point, like, do you do you, do you prioritize? If you're the Chargers, are you prioritizing Jim Harbaugh and saying, because we want it to be specifically a quarterback I would, whisperer? If I were the Chargers and I was interested in one of the two of them, it would be Harbaugh. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Is that because you think that it's over with Bill Belichick or Not just because of the quarterback? Not necessarily over. Thing? I just think he's a – a better fit he's a little bit younger you know i mean he's not a kid mm-hmm. but how old is he he's about 64 uh harbaugh jim harbaugh i think he's 50 yeah he's younger than no you know what i guess if john harbaugh's 57 then he's got to be and jim's 50, older than yeah, he's got to be 59 he is right? 59 yes. yeah 59. 59 okay yeah that's a, that's not a bad age to bring him in you know you get, belichick is how old oh, 70. 70 yeah yeah 
I'm no, not, I get it. I get it. I get that. If you're looking for it's somebody, not, bringing Belichick in is not like Tony Larusa to the White Sox no. after ten years being out. But it's not a real. I don't think it's a real strong move for them. Belichick will be 72 before yeah. the season begins next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I completely understand. Yeah. That's a total. That's a serious difference. Um, in all, I, again, I'm 71. And I don't. Think you ready? I, I don't Are think you, I you got could it in coach. You? I don't think I could coach the Chargers. Oh come on, man! You couldn't do Give work. Give me Mac Jones. You got Justin Herbert. Give me Mac Jones. <laughs> you, you, you can make that work. You're ready to go to New England. Yeah. Oh, am I ever? Sign, pick sign, Boston, sign pick Boston over. No, Foxborough over L.A. Yeah. yeah, sign him up. Well, you know, the traffic's not quite as bad. I don't I think guess, yeah. that going for you, which Ooh, is not that, that uh, freeway fire there. Dude, that is going to okay. be a. Have you paid it? You know, this weekend is the Las Vegas. Formula oh One God. race. Yeah. Have you paid attention to any of what's going on out there? No. It might be the fi- it might be the fire festival. So the fire festival. You remember the famous music festival that ended up being fraudulent? The guy went to jail over. <laughs> no. This is Did you never that. watch the? F- oh no, man, there's no, a famous no, documentary no. about the fire festival. So this is gonna be it worse. Was a that. fraud festival? It was the, the they this guy was a was a a con artist. Right. And he tried to put together this music festival. That it sounds good for me so far. Right, you're all, you're all in on the con artist part. We love con artists in this country. Um, yeah, apparently, nothing American loves more. A hundred percent. Like yeah. if you're a grifter, we're, we'll sign yeah, up we'll right sign now. Up, yeah. So this guy Billy McFarland wants to do this music festival on an exotic private island in the Caribbean, and he lines up artists. Right. There's no festival. There's no fact. He promises like lodging and you know there's there's all is these this, is this the same guy that ended up doing the uh, what's his name Sam Bankman Fried? Yeah, no, yeah. it's a different guy, but <laughs> same concept, same similar guy. concept. They all he he knows there's no festival, right. but never bothers to say like, hey, don't show up. All of these people fly to this island that has no infrastructure whatsoever. There's no music festival there. There's no food. There's no. It's a nightmare. It's panic. Like they people. The airport. I've never heard of this. Oh my story. god! Look, F Y R E. There was a uh, Hulu. I think what there were two different documentaries. There were two different documentaries. Like this last ten years. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the festival is in 2017. The movies came out in like 1920. And how many people showed up on this island? Oh, I mean thousands. Like, like three, like, four thousand. Yeah, and they didn't. Not all of the people. At some point, the words started trickling back. Like, right. don't the, get the, on the, your the, flight. The, the, but like, there were already a lot of people there, and there was no music festival to be had. It was not a thing. That Guys, sounds like something we could do with some. You want to put of together exotic, a fraudulent music festival? No, no, <laughs> like a fraudulent uh, sports event. Oh, you want to do like yeah. a, a bowl game? Maybe. Something like that, like, yeah. We could be Bishop Sycamore. We could go oh, that geez. route and try to pull it off. The Las, the Las Vegas Formula One race. Is they, looking... Oh, it is a nightmare. They build... Like, they were selling tickets when they announced it last year. Because it's in the streets right. of Las Vegas. I keep it's seeing... On the yeah. Every time I go yeah. to the Las Vegas Sun to look yep. something up, it's got ads for they it. They were selling tickets when it was announced for $3,000 for... It, it was supposed to be the biggest event in American sports history. Right. Right now, you could get a ticket for like a dollar. Like it is completely cratered. It is an utter nightmare. I can afford it. (laughs) It's an utter nightmare for everyone in Las Vegas. It has ruined business. People are pissed. Yeah, like Like, the casinos have had to incentivize employees to show up. Like here, we'll get we'll comp you 
thousands of dollars worth of stuff just to show up and work because it is such hell for anyone to try to get into the city right now that no one wants to show oh up. My God. And they tried to do a practice run. A pothole cover came off. They had to cancel all of the practice runs. It was supposed to be the final, yeah, like the final check, essentially. I mean, it is a nightmare. It is bordering on Fire Festival territory with the know. Vegas Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back in, Bo Smoka, our press box ba- Ravens beat writer, is going to check in with us and uh, share his thoughts on what he saw last night from the Baltimore Ravens. If you haven't picked up the print issue of Press Box yet, it is still available for a couple more weeks. A great cover story from Todd Karpovich about the position players that held over from the Dan Duquette era to help turn the Orioles around. Lots of college basketball and Brooks Robinson memories in this print issue of Press Box available for free right now wherever you get Press Box. Bo Smolka next. Stan the Fan is here, Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 21st at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels. 
heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Stan the Fan, Charles, you've had a couple of shows this week for everybody to check out. Yeah, uh, oh, Kim, we, we, we need uh, Stan's mic on, Griffin. We did the Monday night uh, show with uh, Ross and uh, Luke Jackson where we talked about the Orioles, uh, the strides they've made, the, the awards that uh, Gunnar Henderson won, and we thought that Brandon Hyde would win and subsequently has. Um and then, then I, I interviewed uh, John Eisenberg about the, uh, his book, Rocket Men, and uh, that's up on the site as well. So you can find those, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video every week. Stan the Fan Charles hanging out with you. And uh, every Monday, he, Ross, and Luke Jackson talking baseball. Every Friday here on GCR, we catch up with our Press Box Ravens beat writer. It's usually to preview a Ravens game. Today, it's to review a Ravens game. He is our friend Bo Smolka, and he is with us now here on GCR. Bo, appreciate it as always, man. Obviously, a lot of bizarre scenarios last night. Ultimately, I, you know, just as far as how the Ravens performed, eliminating any of the injuries, as far as how they performed, what did you make of what they did on the field against the Bengals? I mean, they won. That's what they needed. They they scored thirty four points. Uh, they had they they hit a couple downfield passing shots, and the defense I, I thought was good again. Mike McDonald has has the Bengals number, and I know people say, "Well, look, Joe Burrow was out. That makes all the difference." And yeah, it certainly makes a difference, no doubt about it. But I I was most impressed with how active the defensive backs were. I mean, they batted. They they broke up about seven passes. And they were physical. On the one, Kyle Hamilton ripped the ball out of Jamar Chase's arms. And uh, another one, Darby, you know, Chase looked like he was going to catch it, and Darby just shoved him out of bounds so he couldn't land in bounds. And I just I thought those guys really stepped up. I, I agree, by the way. The Darby thing, that was one of the headier plays that I've seen in some time. I'm glad you brought it up, Bo, because that, that ball, he was in bounds where Jamar Chase would have caught that ball. And Ronald Darby thought the entire time about one thing, which is playing the rule – and saying, I, I'm going to drive this dude out of bounds and make sure it's not a catch. I thought it was an incredibly heady play. Yep, I thought he played. He broke up a pass in the end zone, too. So, yep. you know, they, Yassine had started in place of Marlon Humphrey last week, and this week they made the change, and Darby became the starter in Humphrey's place. And those two plays specifically were, were really big. Oh, he was. I thought he was really good. Uh, Bo, I'll ask it to you generically. Can the Baltimore Ravens still be a Super Bowl contender without Mark Andrews? I, 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 what are you going to say? I think they think they can be. It is a massive change in this offense, though. Uh, you know, it obviously, as I wrote last night, I mean, it, it changes. It just changes the dynamics of the offense. And by that, I mean, it, it changes everything that they want to do. And it changes everything that they scramble to do. Because, you know, often Lamar Jackson will get into trouble. We've seen it for years now. Lamar Jackson gets in trouble. The play breaks down. 
And he and Andrews have this kind of connection. And Andrews just improvises, and Jackson improvises, and they make something happen together. And Jackson has often called it street ball. And Andrews has always been his guy for that. And now he doesn't have that. And they've got to figure that out, who, who that person is going to be that replaces him, just on those plays alone. He doesn't have that with Isaiah Likely. He doesn't have it really with Zay Flowers, although Flowers is his most popular target this year. But that's the kind of thing I think they miss. And I saw it early, once they started scuffling in the second quarter, especially on third down, you really see where they miss Andrews. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch how their third down conversion percentage changes with Andrews out because he moves the chain so often for them. Refresh my memory, Bo. When when the Ravens drafted Isaiah Likely and Kohler, which one came first? I have to remember, I'm pretty sure Kohler came first. They came about nine ticks apart. Right. But, um, but, I can look that up while we're on the air. I'm pretty sure it was Kolar. But, but then Kolar got hurt. Kolar had like a sports hernia surgery right, last that, year. That took him so out of action. Kinda, yeah, he was out of commission almost the entire year. He played a couple plays late, a couple games late. I, but um, I'm not saying likely I, was the, I'm not saying ahead. he he replaces Andrews, but can he be more impactful in this offense? Well, I mean, he's going to have to be, and he hasn't been yet. He's I, yet, last night was his first catch of the season, and again with Andrews and likely healthy, he had been basically the third tight end, and the third tight end isn't doing as much in this offense with all the other new receivers they have. But they don't have really a choice anymore. Yeah, so Kolar was picked 11 spots ahead of Likely. They were both in the fourth round. Okay. Um, but he'll have to be. Yeah. And, I mean, they've said all the right things about him. It's just his, his time. There hasn't been a room for him to really contribute a whole lot. Uh, he's been under- almost exclusively a special teamer until yeah. now. But now he's, they will have to lean on him as well. The other guy that I and I talked about this with Stan in the first segment, Bo, like specifically red zone third down stuff. I, to me, the answer is all about Rashad Bateman. Like I, we we've seen that Odell Beckham has come along and he's turned out to be exactly, you know, the the Odell Beckham that maybe even we saw with the Rams when they made their Super Bowl run. He's looked he's been great of late. Say Flowers, we have seen you know obviously wonderful things from. We all know the talent with Rashad Bateman, but given his skill set. It feels like if anyone, specifically in third down and red zone situations, could shoulder a little bit more of the load with Mark Andrews out, to me, it feels like he's the guy that I think a lot of that would fall upon. I mean, maybe I always thought Beckham would be a red zone guy at the beginning of the season just because I thought he could win one-on-one and be strong to the ball and all that, even at his advance, at his age and stuff. That's just, and he's, got, he's just such a good catcher. Um but Bateman, I, I, you know, all have to do. You saw Bateman come back and end up making the touchdown catch last night. His confidence is definitely trending upward. I mean, he's made a couple of really decisive plays in the last few games. I, 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 we talked a couple of weeks ago. I thought he was going to be an X factor in the second half of the season. Bateman would be, and I think it, it probably becomes that even more so now. He is press box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us here on GCR. Bo, um, there were some missed tackles last night, Patrick Queen, and I, I know you've talked a lot about the Marcus Williams thing. I, I don't know how to talk about Marcus Williams appropriately because it is obvious that he is playing with essentially one arm, and yet, you know, he is still making some plays. He did break up the third down pass last night and, and kind of baited, as they showed on the broadcast, baited Joe Burrow into making a throw that he could break up in that spot some people think if he had two arms it could have been an interception I don't know that would have been a tough play to make 
Um, I, I, I don't know that I'm comfortable calling him a liability because, like, you know, what what would you be getting from Daryl Worley, for example, if he had to play more and Marcus Williams wasn't out there? But where are we at with Marcus Williams and what he offers versus what he doesn't offer at this point? Well, I'll say this. I thought he played much better last night than he did two weeks ago. And I did ask John Harbaugh. I, I specifically asked Harbaugh on Monday if he, if he was worried that Marcus Williams was a liability. If you look back at the Browns game, what Worley could have offered in place of Williams was basically just the ability to tackle. Because a couple times in the Browns game I'm talking about now, um, Cooper caught a ball over the middle and Williams was maybe three yards off him and didn't make any attempt to tackle him, kind of hurted him, but, but didn't do anything until someone else made the tackle. And he did the same thing on the Deshaun Watson long run. Last night, Williams made a couple legitimate tackles. He looked like he was. And John Harbaugh said to me that day, Williams is getting stronger. His range of motion is getting better. He wears this brace that affects his left arm. He wants to be out there. He's a big part of what we do. All of that's true, but honestly, in the Cleveland game, it struck me as being a liability. Last night, I thought Williams played much better, and maybe it is a function of just getting stronger. He had a, what I remember to be one, one pretty legitimate, I thought, almost two-hand, two-arm tackle. I was probably sure it was mainly his right arm. I'm not sure he could have made that one interception you're talking about. He did make a great diving play to break it up with his right hand. Um, so I think he is trending upward. I, I Honestly, I did. I thought he was a liability against Cleveland last night. I did not think so. I thought he played well. Defensively, what have you seen from Adafe Owe since he's come back from his two or three games miss due to injury? I've seen an entirely different football player out there. Well, honestly, I thought he played really well in the first game of the year against Houston. He didn't get credit for any sacks, but I thought he was disruptive. He was in Stroud's face. He, he blew up the pocket a couple times. Uh, he looks like a guy that is really figuring it out. He, yeah. he's, he's fast. He's, and that's what they said all about him all along. His senior year or last year at Penn State, he had no sacks. And people said, what are you doing drafting an edge rusher with no sacks? Right. And Eric Acosta said, look, he's fast. His speed will be a problem in the NFL. And then, of course, for a year and a half, it didn't really translate, and he had only three sacks last year. And Mike McDonald even told us last year, look, yeah, I think always probably disappointed. Now, he said some of the times always blowing up the pocket and Justin Houston gets the sack, so there's some of that. But, yeah, always probably wants more. Uh, but I, what I've seen from him is a guy who looks like he's really figured out. His speed is showing up more and more, and it, it, it's probably it, there's probably some confidence to it, too, where he's, he's a little more – assertive because he's a little more confident and he's winning more one-on-one battles with his speed and so yeah he's he's really he's really elevating his play i just wonder if the way when roquan smith came in it impacted patrick queen i'm wondering if davian Clowney's had anything to do with that more in a like a mentoring way because uh always got he's got a motor there's no question about that no, that's a good question. And Van Noy, too, remember, they brought two veteran two veteran guys in. And, in fact, Van Noy was one who said, you know, a lot of people say it's a young man's game. I think it's an experienced man's game. And so there's both Clowney and Van Noy have kind of have the kind of experience that uh, Owe would benefit from. It would be a good question for him. Last night I didn't get to talk to Owe, but, and now the players are off for a few days. But that's something I'll try to I'll try to talk to Oway about next week. But um, it's a, it's a it's a fair question. It's probably a good point that having these veteran guys in the room now have to be helping him. 
But Smolka, I, I feel like one of the, the things I keep coming back to is, you know, it's clear the Ravens aren't perfect, right? They're not without flaw. But same for, you know, everybody else in the NFL this season. There just isn't – there's no team that you look at and say, boy, they're essentially flawless. And and given where they are at 8-3, and three, they get this sort of mini break this weekend, and then they do still have their bye coming after the Chargers and an opportunity to try to get Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey back, and obviously it hurts them to not get Mark Andrews back, but to at least get those pieces back, I, I feel like he, he, they have to feel really good about where they are on the whole. And I, I still think there's reason to be encouraged or think this could be even better and trend back up coming out of the bye in a couple of weeks. I mean, look, they're, uh, losing Mark Andrews is massive, but you are correct. They play one game, I think, in the next 22 days. So for, uh, you know, no one likes the Thursday night games. You get beaten up. Guys get hurt. Guys get hurt Sundays, too, for that matter. But now you do have this extra extended bye. I mean, Lamar Jackson was a little gimpy last night. He told me after the game that, He's fine. He'll be good for the Chargers game in two weeks. And he certainly did a lot of running even after his little trip to the medical tent. But, yeah, they have time to get healthy. I mean, I don't know if Stanley will get back by right after the bye or Humphrey or what the status of them will be. But, yeah, they have they have this long break now. They play one game, and then they have two weeks. So they've got a chance for uh, to, to be healthy for those last five games. And let's face it, it's a, it's a tough stretch they close with. Really tough stretch. So, they will have to be at their best. Fortunately for them, they are, as you said, they're 8-3. and three. Yeah, they could be 11-0, and 0, but they are 8-3. and three. They have all those wins in the bank, and they will come out of that bye, no matter what happens next week, they'll come out of their bye in really good shape. And to the point, they've essentially eliminated one of their competitors in the AFC North race. I mean, not not actually, but yeah, but but for ba- all intents and right, purposes, by virtue of being two and a half games and a tiebreaker ahead of the Bengals, you know, it they have basically taken them out of in in this brutal division of the race for the AFC North. They have, and that was I thought the biggest the biggest thing about last night was they had a chance to really really put a dagger in the Bengals. And, you know, and that was whether Burrow got hurt or not. If Burrow's out for an extended time, the Bengals are really in trouble. But even even if he's not, I mean, they are, as you said, they're, they've got the season sweep now. They've put some distance between them. And, and that was obviously one of the biggest things about that win. I'd like to personally take credit for doing the Bengals. Oh. And about three weeks ago, when, you were it, looked like, no, when it looked like they yeah. turned the corner, I Stuck a few bucks on them to win the Super Thank Bowl. Thank you, Stan. Yep. Appreciate I it. Get them in. Appreciate it. And I've it. been you... kind enough not to do it on the Ravens. Good looking out, man. Good looking out. Yeah, you know that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea how that'll do it, Bo. Um, Bo, so uh, obviously they'll the guys will get the weekend off, and then we'll hear from John Harbaugh presumably on Monday after that. It's... It might be Tuesday. Well, they weren't sure last night, okay. but yeah, it'll be the guys are off until the guys are off. They get a long weekend now. Uh, I know Lamar Jackson said they'll be back Tuesday. I don't. I, it, I, it's possible Harbaugh speak Monday. I hadn't heard as of last night, but uh, yeah, they've got a long weekend now. All right. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you follow him at B Smolka, and of course, reading all of his stuff at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo Smolka, always appreciate you, sir. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk next Friday, so we'll figure out when we might chat again. We'll work on that during the week. Appreciate you taking the time for us. All right. You bet. Thank Thanks, you. Bo. Take care. Thanks, Bo. Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer. Does a with terrific job. Certainly does. Really. Uh, always appreciate him taking the time. Yeah. 
Next Friday is going to be a little interesting. There's going to be a show, but it's... We can't make that our bye week? Well, I... No, I'm kidding. It's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, I, I think it's not... We're not going to be live next Friday. I think we're going to oh. pre-record some stuff and... Oh, gotcha. It's Thanksgiving yes, Friday. It's yes, it's Thanksgiving yeah. Friday. So, And I'm doing the morning show over on 105.7 The Fan, too, next Friday. So... Sounds like a busy day for you then. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I also I've I have owed like raffle prizes to people that I just never so I might just take next Friday and spend some time getting those things out to people that uh, they won last year because we're about to start our next raffle <laughs> for helping up missions. So I need to make sure I clear everything out ahead of that. So what's going on with uh, my two teams, the Atlanta Hawks? They they're winning games, but I, and are they the right games? Right. Yeah, are they are they the Tuesday and Friday yeah. games? Uh, let's see if we can pull I up. I, the, well, I think I both of them. One uh, uh, Tuesday. You said who your Atlanta team? Atlanta and Oklahoma City. All right, uh, Oklahoma City unfortunately is one and two in okay. tournament play. How's uh, the Pelicans? Hang on, the Hawks one and zero. Oh wow! In in season tournament, how is that? I know. How has one team played three tournament games and the Hawks <laughs> have only played? This is the dumbest thing ever. Why would we ever do this? All right, who are your teams, Griffin? I already forget the other one. I know I got you the, said Pelicans. the Pelicans. Hang it's on, a I'll team that's you, not going to win. I'll tell you in one second who your other team is. The uh, the Pelicans are one and one. In uh, in season. This in season tournament sounds a lot like fire the fire, the fire festival. festival. <laughs> it's interesting. They're finishing it in Vegas. Maybe they should play it on the streets, right out there with the pothole with cover the pothole hanging cover. off. Uh, Griffin, you also have the Cavaliers. Is oh, your other yeah, team yeah. for this tournament? Yeah, Darius Garland's hurt. And, uh, uh, they are zero and one in it. How is that? How have some teams played? And who three? do you have? I'm just curious who, who you. Have. I have. Uh, I have the, uh, the the Nuggets and the Celtics. No, yeah. no. Settle. Would you settle down over there? God. No, I just want to hear who who the guy running the right, thing. Exactly. Got. First of all, he should have Cleveland. In I did not give myself teams in this. You didn't even invest in it. No, I invest- you invested your time. I, not only do I invest you my sa- time, you sound a lot like Billy McFarlane. Right? Whoa, is that what you think this is? <laughs> I did not invest in this one because it was only going to be that I was going to take the last spot if we needed to fill it. And thankfully, my friend Stan the Fan Charles came along yeah, and took the last seat. I mean, to- the sucker, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> the sucker himself, Stan the Fan Charles. I promise you, I'll be making plenty of donations to the Helping Up mission. I assure you. Of that. Hey, speaking of doing good things, tomorrow, Maryland, Michigan, before the game, our friend AJ Francis is hosting his annual food drive to benefit Sarah's house just outside Fort Meade. Um, I saw AJ made a trip over to Sarah's house yesterday. Actually, AJ was at the game last night. Um, Really encourage you to get down there. When this show ends, I'm taking a couple of minutes and I'm literally driving over to the grocery store in order to get a bunch of ramen noodles to uh, take down there with me. Thank you to all of you who have made monetary donations because you're not going to the game. What time is that game starting? It's a noon kickoff it's a noon tomorrow. Kickoff. And um, will it be in the Big Ten or it's on Fox. It's on Fox. They're doing yeah, they're doing their they're doing their pre their pre their version of college game days in College Park tomorrow. Big noon kickoff. So um if you're going to the game, please bring your non perishable, your canned goods with you. If you're not going to the game there is still time. Hit me up, uh, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal at uh, Glenn Clark on Venmo. Our friend uh, Lindsay OK got in last night. Thank you, Lindsay. That was very sweet of you to do that. Uh, Andrew Stecka. There's a caveat to it. Andrew Stecka is out on our side bet this Unbelievable. week. Unbelievable. The the only one. But he bought his way out by making a donation to AJ Francis's food drive. So I'm giving him a pass. I I'm giving him a pass for that. That fine. is better 
That is better than is uh, being in on our side bet. It is. So uh, anybody who wants to get in um, and help uh, take care of the folks at Sarah's house, please hit me up on uh, PayPal or Venmo today, and I'm going to get over this afternoon and uh, get some more non-perishables to take down to the game tomorrow. You know how you make all these uh, odd bets with people over the years? We have one. Okay. So are you aware that we're doing got, one this week? No, I was not aware Ooh, of that. Stan, no. have you? I've got one, though, in the oh, future. Okay. I just discovered, are you aware what bird is the considered the fiercest bird on the planet? Have you ever heard of um, a cassowary? No. How so, about if I tell you this thing, you start to look it up while I tell you that? this thing. C-A-S-S-O-W-A-R-Y, I think. Cassowary. Okay. Do, do you oh, see it? All right. This is a bird. It's a. It's called a flightless bird, which means it does not fly. It can be five uh. feet tall, 167 what? pounds. What? 167 pounds. And it runs... Ready for this? Big as me. We the average human, I guess the average the average running human is thirteen miles per hour. That's like fast for a human. These a things faster. run thirty one miles per hour. They have a kick. Velociraptors. And the way that they the way that they fight, they're that's why they're considered. They have a kick. First of all, they have like a talon. Can they play tight end? They, they, this this is like, what's his name, the guy, the former Raven, Weller? Oh, Darren Waller, yeah. Darren Waller, Waller, yeah. right. That's that's what the wrestling this guy would be. Jesus, yeah. man. Also, what's, look, look at you with this random. Can You you want to come play trivia on Monday nights with us? No. No? No. I just it, happened upon this story. Could use you. That on this Australian beach, one of them, that's. that's looks like a dinosaur. Uh, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, and I was look at so, the look at the people there. They don't yeah. know it's behind them. Oh, this and is one of those you, photos that they took. Run, these people are about to die. If you run, it's going to come at you. Jeez. By the way, I can't tell you how difficult it is having kids with we. We had a bee. Keep your kids away. So from So you're saying we should we should fight one of these for our side bet? Is yeah, right. Make a side bet. You, you got to fight a cassowary. Yeah. Griffin, especially. So, yeah. so so hang on quickly. One, we had a bee in the house the other day. Yeah. And no matter how many times I tell my kids, just Leave it alone. You're gonna be fine. They they can't. They inherently can't do it. Yeah, I They're understand not that. I'm 71 years old and I can't do See, it. See, I'm good at it now. Yeah, like I, I'm sure when I was a kid, I was just as bad. But now, no problem. I can just go on with my day and not yeah. be impacted by it whatsoever. Two, um, I, we have a side bet this week. Yeah. Jamison Williams, the Lions wide receiver, mm-hmm. posted a video on Instagram this week of how he eats a uh, cheeseburger. Okay. He orders a double cheeseburger from McDonald's uh-huh. and a, an Oreo McFlurry, and he takes his Oreo McFlurry okay. and he dumps it on, he takes the top off the cheeseburger, dumps the McFlurry on the cheeseburger, and then eats it all together. So the loser of our pick side bet this week is going to have to eat uh, Jameson Williams' double and cheeseburger. And what's the side bet? Who's it between? We pick, we, uh, the crew, who got in for this? We have Everyone but Stetcher. Yeah, everybody. So myself, Jer- oh. Jeremy Griffin, Paul Valley, okay, Ryan Shell, uh, our our, fa- our friend Kyle Ottenheimer is in on this one. Our buddy, but John Proctor, my our friend John. Wait a minute, Kyle Ottenheimer's in. It. Who's buying the cheeseburger? Yeah, and correct. The oh, hundred percent. He's right. gonna expect that if he loses, he's yeah. gonna come in here and somebody else is gonna have to take care. Man, I got a story to tell you about that. Uh, Ken Zalis is in on this one. 
So we got a great crew on it. So all of you are going to do and it. I'm only it, one. No, if uh, oh, we, if you we lose do, we have a, a pick, we have a picks league. Okay, so gotcha, e- okay. each week we pick nine games. Gotcha. And whoever is the the low man on the totem pole and ties for the weekend picks. And for the record, a few people were on Cincinnati last Myself. night. Myself, you, Nick okay, Kelly, yeah. and Paul Valley. You know. So you're all in the hole a little bit. Yeah. Going into the weekend. After I'm not mad. You know, like, I'm. I'm fine with the process you know I, I arrived at that pick yes. but yeah it is disappointing yeah not a great place to start it's really nice that i was invited into that uh, picks i really stand i really stand out in your club stan yeah i believe not only have i invited you into the picks league I've i want you to heard, know well heard. we've been doing it for years never, heard, I, never heard if this, you would we're trying it, to protect you maybe. we would yeah. love to deal yeah. you into the but picks i couldn't league. I, this, I don't this think thing, you would you, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't so, eat a double cheeseburger well, and, and the McFlurry. I don't think you'd be I'd interested. Probably in die. Our picks league, yeah. like the win, is not much of a win. Everybody puts in twenty five bucks. It's no, not a big. Not interested. It's the loss <laughs> that's inter- the problem. You didn't tell me it's that. not Stan, enough for Stan. Stan, the loss is a stunt. Yeah. This year, it's you got to dress like the Notre Dame mascot. You got to take an Irish dance lesson and then come in and perform that Irish dance. You have to eat. Who came up with this? We were when we started the season. Navy was Navy was going to Dublin to play Notre Dame. Okay, gotcha. and Alex Collins had just passed away, who was famous for his Irish dance okay. celebrations. So we wanted to come up with an Irish theme. So I'm I'm now seeing you're saying I should thank you for not I, being invited. I don't think you would want to be in. No. On that also part, have to eat. that's a club. I'm oh yeah, you in. have to eat blood sausage, haggis, no. and oh. tripe. Ah, you can do it, Stan. And no. then, uh, do you no. know how Will Levis drinks his coffee? I have no idea. True story. It. Nope. He <laughs> mixes. He ins- There's no creamer in Will Levis's coffee. Mayonnaise. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I'm telling you, if you'd like to be dealt into the no, Pixel League, no, thank you, Stan. Thank we you. would love to have you. Thank you. But I, I think there's an age limit. Oh, there's an age limit for the Picks League, and so you can't be in on it? Well, you be, could be like elder abuse. if you. Is that what you in. think that would be? Yeah. That's what Stan claim if he loses. Just I, like need, I need you for trivia, though. If you know those things about cassowaries, I'm going to need you for... I, I just happened upon this AOL story the other night yeah. and was fascinated when it said that this, this thing came, people on the beach in Australia... Thought it was a shark, a shark or a whale. So swimming, and it was swimming, and it came out of the water. and And then I saw this thing is considered the fiercest bird on the planet. That's a pretty. I think pretty, the fiercest bird is a Baltimore Oriole. Anyway, um, I was gonna put Griffin on my trivia team. Yeah, but Griffin didn't know what the name of the trophy was they gave to the Canadian Football I, yeah, League I champion. Well, I just couldn't think oh, of it. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. Think what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with that? That's not the guy you want on your. Oh, let's see. Hang on. What was the other? Let's see how you would do with these. So there's that one. The this week. Oh, there have been five teams that have been number. Only five schools have been number one in a college football poll since the 2015 season. There've only been five schools. Georgia, of course. Alabama, of course. Ohio State. Of course. Hmm. All right. Hold on, hold on. Maybe Griffin got four. LSU? Yes. That was one Griffin didn't get. Okay. And the fifth school, I want to say Michigan, but I don't think it is Michigan. I don't think Michigan's been a number one. Um, I, I can't even hazard a guess. All right. So you did as well as Griffin did. Okay. Clemson. 
Clemson. is the other one. They've all won national championships, okay. which is the way That's to, it, right. you okay. know, like that was the way to go about if doing it. If you had said that to me, I might have gotten Clemson. Uh, I might have, but I can't say it was an automatic for me. There are two. I'm, so, I'm amazed I got four of the five. It's, it's kind well, of amazing. It is pretty easy. Well, I would say it's amazing there's only been five teams yeah. in yeah. damn near a decade that have been number one. Like, that doesn't go a long way for. It's one of the things about, like, lacrosse, NCAA lacrosse. Mm-hmm. There have been about, in the history of the tournament, there's like 12 schools More or less. won a national championship. There's basically lacrosse schools or non lacrosse yeah. schools. Yeah. Although, you know, like, Notre Dame gets into the mix this year. Yep. And yep. Yep. It's improving. Yep. I first read that when Loyola won. Correct. Yeah. That was they were a first timer. Yeah. And then they had been to the championship before, but they had never right. won the title before. And then there are two presidents that are recognized in American Sports Hall of Fames. One is in the National Wrestling, like the Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame. The other is in the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. Wow. That's a good one. You got either That's one of them? That's a good one. I was going to say. I only got one. I was going to say the old George Bush for baseball, possibly, yeah, but he's no. not in the baseball hall of fame. Gerald Ford wrestling? It's not wrestling. No, and I get it because he was an athlete. He yeah. was obviously a football yeah. player, but no, not Gerald okay. Ford. I don't have no. So I'm, the one we got is it's a trick. Yeah. Like they're, try, they're throwing you off. Okay. You're trying to think of a boxer. This person yeah. is definitely not a boxer, but they're in the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame because of what they did in Atlantic City. They did in Atlantic City. This got somebody that's hosting got a, the fights, promoting the fights. Oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump okay. is in the New Jersey. That's the only reason He's I got in that the New one. New Jersey Boxing Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Yes. Okay. And the other one, the uh, who's in because he was a this wrestler. Is a wrestling is Abraham Lincoln. Wow. John Colson got that one to his credit, which was wild. Remember that Abraham Lincoln apparently like hosted wrestling matches. And- I heard a story that John Angelos was a great wrestler. Really? In high school. I did not know that. Yeah. Where did he yeah. go to high school? Uh, Gilman, I think. I did not know that. I had no idea. How about yeah. that? I heard like a cha- champion level. He was really a How good grappler. That? How about that? We learned and something. Look, I, I would have thought Lewis was the one I didn't want to fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously. All right, hour number one of the show is in the book. Stan the Fan Charles is here. Uh, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, when we come back in, Stan, you've never, I don't think you've ever participated in Pats on the Ass with us. You good? I don't believe I you have. Got, you got yeah, a list I've for got, us? I've, and you know all the Griffin rules? Gave me, give him, Griffin gave me the uh, little heads up. All right. Yeah. So, you know, you got it, two offensive players, two defensive players, and then the fifth can be whoever you want. Like a coach. Or, or another. You can make it another offensive player. Make it another defensive okay, player gotcha. or a special teams player. 1984 state champion, John Angelos. How about that? Yeah. I had no idea. State, he was wait, a wait, state 19, champion. Did you say 1984? Yeah. yeah. Is this, is this, could this be the wrong Angelos? I'm trying Does to that think math how work? Forty yeah, years ago, is he? Yeah, I guess he's fifty. All right, yeah, yeah that math does yeah. work. Yeah, 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 all right. Hey, um, yeah, he defeated uh, John, or he defeated Sokowski. Ah, why, well, John? You Carroll. know what? Honest to God, yeah. that I had, guy. I had money on Sokowski. Son yeah. of a bitch. In the one hundred and five division. <laughs> yeah. it was one of the first bets in the history of Superbook Sports. <laughs> it was before they even had the website. I up. had I had St. Francis last week against um, Canada North. Thank right? you, God. Was, you remember? I don't know that. why I remembered. Clark, so 
uh, the fight it was it was the 40, fighting uh, no they don't yeah they don't yeah, have yeah. a nickname they had no nickname they had no mascot I said what's the name of your team and he was like Clarkson Football North I said right but like the team name he said Clarkson Football North I was like wait it's like a soccer team you don't have a so St. Francis is rolling they're up 50 to nothing the final play of the game Clarkson Football North scores a touchdown right and like the final play of the game they throw it into the end zone and so as I go to break, I'm kind of laughing a little bit. And my friend uh, Nick Miles, who's the athletic director at St. Francis, looks at me. And, he, and I look back and I'm like, oh, man, I had them to cover. And they just got it on that last one. <laughs> that, was, that was good news for me, baby. <laughs> good news all around. What do you think? Of the, of the, seriously, teams must, I mean, new teams in sports must struggle with coming up with a nickname. The cassowary. The cassowaries? I mean, if we got the Kraken, why not, right? Yeah. Like, that could be maybe the athletics as they make the move to Las Vegas should consider. The LV cassowaries. Or they could be the Las Vegas uh, disastrous Formula One races. They could be <laughs> the Las Vegas fire festivals, perhaps could be. I Las think Vegas they will potholes. stay the athletics. I think they will, too. Yeah. I think they will as well. All right, we'll come back in. We're going to do Pats on the Ass next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas us in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Uh, real quick, just because I just saw this, uh, after we finished ch- chatting with him, Bo apparently dove in a little bit more on the hip drop tackle and reminds on Twitter that the NFLPA has pushed back against banning the hip drop tackle and said this in the over the spring when the topic came up, quote, any prohibition of the hip drop tackle technique is unfair to players and unrealistic to implement. It places defensive players in an impossible position by creating indecision in the mind of any tackling player. I And again, this is what we've heard from some other defensive players. It's essentially what Tyus Bowser and Jadeveon Clowney said when I brought it up with them a couple weeks ago. But that's the same thing that they said when targeting came into play. It's the same thing that they would say. And yet, football has gone on. Like, we've continued to have football in a post-targeting world. We don't right. have the big blow-up hits that we used to have, and we certainly have a few that, on looking at them again, they get flagged for targeting, and we say, I'm not really sure that should have been targeting. But football has gone on post-targeting. It's interesting to me that the NFLPA would even take a side on this because they have to represent defensive players and offensive Mm -hmm. players. So I'm kind of surprised that they've come out that. To me, that comes off more like, hey, we'll do it, but you got to give us something too. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're we need to show opposition to everything, because if you're going to try to implement a ban of something, then what are we getting? Like that's just the way that yeah. bargaining tends to work. But I just just looking at it today, and obviously I haven't done a deep study on it at all because I was on I was unaware of this this whole thing over the hip drop tackle. It looks like it would be really really difficult to to I mean. To, I struggle with how how the defensive player, once he's committed in a certain way, is supposed to com- complete the tackle. Um, is he supposed to stop in the middle of it and say, "Oh, I'm getting ready to make a hip drop tackle"? I don't think he goes into the play. I, I, I think it's you have to retrain your like it. What 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 somebody would say would be instead of in that moment thinking about what I'm doing once I think I'm about to commit, that you have to retrain the way that you do tackle to make sure that you don't go into a moment considering making a hip drop type of tackle so that when you're in that situation, some people brought up. You think the player actually thinks when he's going into it, I'm going to, I'm going to, not make a hip drop tackle. No, not here. not at all. I just think yeah. it's what they're used to in right. these moments. They're used to doing that. And so they're going to have to spend an off season 
working on different types of tackling, and it's going to have to be drilled in by coaches in training camp. Like we, they're going to have to be the ones to say you can't do that. Like you're going to get us flagged in that spot if you go about doing it. And as um, you know, Femi brings up last night, the answer is you have to run through him. Like you, you don't, you don't drag him down. You either run through him or you stand him up mm-hmm. in a post hip drop tackle mm-hmm. world, and you wait for either forward progress to be ruled dead, which. Right. That's another one that's going to be interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, then you're asking the player to do something that's unnatural for him. Right now, yes. Yeah, for right now. But it, I, it's just, but it was unnatural a couple of years. Remember Ray Lewis when they implemented targeting said, I'm not going to change. I'm just going to keep doing things the way that I do them. If I get flagged, I get flagged. Right. The game's moving too fast. This is what I know. Right. But the truth was he did change. Like even Ray Lewis in the infancy of this was not getting flagged for targeting regularly. Like, it wasn't something that happened the one play with Chad Johnson, right? But, like, that was the one right. that happened. Even he did alter the way that he played because he recognized if it's going to hurt – it's not worth making this tackle if it's going to lose my team 15 yards. Yeah. Like, it, what's the point of making the tackle in that, in that case? Um, we'll see. We'll see. This is not going to be something that's going to happen in season, obviously. Is this a tackle that mostly would be called on defensive backs, like safeties and um, defensive backs? No, there are, quarter, there, are, like, there are quarterback sacks that are hip-drop tackles. Yeah, okay. Like, there are – it's 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 more when you catch up to someone, it, it's like a wrestling move at that point, whereas someone would say you're going to have to run through. You're not, you're not going to stop when you get to the player – you're going to have to run through and bring him down and wrap him up in that situation. So, look, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, it's time for us to give out our pats on the ass. The Ravens do indeed win last night over the Bengals at home in Baltimore. A weird as game as it was. A lot of players who stood out in the process. You know the deal for pats on the ass. We pick five Ravens. We rank them five to one. As always, two players on the list must be offensive players. Two players on the list must be defensive players. Fifth player on your list can be whoever you want. Another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. I thought they were a good mix. I didn't think this was like a one side or the other thing where it was tough to come up with two players on either side of the ball. I had a lot of choices. There were some guys that I left off the list that I would have liked to have put on my list. Pats on the ass brought to you this week by... Um, this one's brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you want to remind everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Yeah, maybe you have uh, been tailing a uh, bet that has been hitting at an unbelievable rate so mm. far this season, primetime mm. under. And how'd that work out last uh, night? It did go over. It did was that go because over. of the last touchdown? Um, It was, no, it's because of the the one before that, whatever. Oh, okay. I thought it was 47 and a half last night. It was 46 and a half, oh, or okay. close All to 46 right. and a half, yeah. Um, either what way, then thirty-four twenty. Yeah, so yeah. fifty-four. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, if you did take the under, the good news is if you head over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. And between now and January fourth, twenty twenty-four, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And then two nights a week, twenty different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour uh, as well as cash and free free play worth up to five hundred dollars drawings will be held every thursday and monday over at the FanDuel sportsbook at live casino in hotel maryland adorona mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER i'll start with my number five my number five is where we find gus edwards it took a little while for it to get going and i i was a bit worried about them running the ball in the first half but ultimately 
Gus Edwards finishes 5.2 yards per carry and a couple of touchdowns, and Gus Edwards just continues to be reliable. I, I, I did a hit yesterday on the Fantasy Channel on SiriusXM, and they were asking me about Keaton Mitchell, and then they brought up Gus Edwards, and I was like, I, Gus Edwards is about as reliable as it gets at this point. You know exactly what you're getting. You're not getting, you know, game-breaker. You're getting reliable, move the chains, between the tackles, goal line running back, and... I he continues to show it every time you see him play. So number five on my list is Gus Edwards. Stan? Number five. Yeah, we rank we go the opposite okay. way. We build up. Number, number five one. for me would be Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. The uh obviously there were players that did more in I the game there was a big than play. him, but also he gets extra points for the the full Oh, you enjoyed body the somersault? Flip, okay. The yeah, somersault yeah, yeah. that he did. I'll give you that. Uh, but it was an electrifying play. Sure was. It always is when there's a deflected you know. Well, and it, it speaks to I Stan to me the biggest part of that story yeah. and I said this immediately afterwards on Twitter. As goofy as you can say that is, this is what happens when you put four competent NFL wide receivers on a roster. When you when you don't just say well we can have one. When right. you say we're going to load our roster with competent wide receivers, then in a moment like that where something happens, it's not a total accident. 100 yeah. And and what was really impressive on that play was his speed when he when he realized, hey, I got this ball, he hit he hit the hole and really took off. So Nelson Aguilar gets uh, – and again, there were other receivers in the game that were overall more impressive. I also thought that was the biggest play of the game. It, really, uh, it, it did it, get the it, offense going it, after it, they had been sort of – and then it was at – it came on the same drive, of course, as the phantom holding call on Odell Beckham that wiped yeah, off. That the was a terrible call. Awful call. Awful. And obviously the pass interference the Bengals had called against them was also a awful, dreadful, awful. Yeah. dreadful call. And reeked of, uh, you know, makeup. makeup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely did. But they that that drive, after, after that touchdown comes off the board, it's painful to think that you go that possession without scoring any points. So I am I am with you that that was a huge play to get the offense going again, get them moving, build up their confidence. I completely agree, and I have no problem at all with Nelson Aguilar being number five. Uh, Griffin, you want to quickly tell us who your five was before you? We might we might uh, be pausing for a guest here in a second. We can but, we can finish through. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, we'll get him at the, right. the next. All right, very good. Next break, or you know, you sure. Know what I mean, uh, Doctor David Chow, our friend yes. uh, at Pro Football Doc on Twitter, the former Chargers team doctor. He's going to join us. We'll talk a little bit more about Mark Andrews okay. and the hip drop. Yeah. Yep, okay. in general yeah, here in a minute. Interesting. Okay. Go ahead, Griffin. You're number uh, five. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Ronald Darby here at my number five. Uh, I thought you know he's higher on my list. He is higher on your list. Yes. All right. Yeah, that's what I wrote. You know, as Frankie Valley said in December 1963. Oh, what a night! He had three big uh, pass deflection, pass breakups. They Good were all call. huge. Good call. Yep. Uh, the Jamar Chase one in the end zone. I thought Darby had a had a great game stepping up uh, in a secondary that I was very concerned about. Uh, we will get to him in a second. For me, my number four is where I find Lamar, and I didn't think he was perfect last night by any stretch of the imagination. But what jumps out at me. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Any criticism of Lamar and and having not played when he was hurt in the past, Lamar is very clearly not 100%. It is abundantly evident that the ankle was a problem last night, and yet he was gutty, man, and he battled, and it, I, it would be incorrect to say he played poorly. He didn't play poorly. He played well. He just didn't play you know, MVP caliber well last night, and given that he clearly wasn't 100%, that – that stood out to me, and so Lamar was number four on my list. My number four would be uh, Odell Beckham. 
Uh, also higher so, on my list. Yeah, so uh, I thought he had his by far best overall game as a Raven uh, and really showed – uh, that he was worth the money last night. Uh, yeah. So strongly agree that we'll get to it in a second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My number four was also Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, it showed, you know, he, he, Mark Andrews, that injury hurts a lot, yep. but as long as number eight is back there, uh, you know, to, uh, as Bo said, you know, the team still believes, I think, I, I believe as well, as long as Lamar Jackson is there, I believe that this team can, can, can win it all. So uh, Lamar uh, Jackson. Three is where I find Ronald Darby. Um, I, I am in complete agreement with you. I thought he was great last night, and I would add into that. I, I can't get over, and I brought it up with Bo, how heady that play was. The only chance the Bengals had to get going in the second half was when Jake Browning tossed that up to Jamar Chase, and it was inbounds. The catch was there to be made, and you know, he's Jamar <laughs> Chase. Not sure if you heard, pretty freaking good. And Ronald Darby, the entire time, didn't didn't panic and try to go up and make – he saw exactly what he saw and confidently decided the best way for me to defend this is to make sure that we shove this guy out of bounds. And it was pointed out in the broadcast a few years ago that that wouldn't have been a legal play, right? But they changed the rules. There's no push-out anymore. That was the smartest thing that Ronald Darby could do in the moment. It snuffed out the only opportunity the Bengals had to get going in the second half. I, that stood out to me significantly, and Ronald Darby was number three on my list. My number three would be Marcus Williams. I thought he had a, a, a really solid night last night and made a couple uh, plays that were big-time plays and important plays. We talked about it early. Baited Joe Burrow into that throw on third down that he was able to bring up. They did a great job on the broadcast and of showing he, that. He knocked a deflected. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, he, I thought he had a really solid game. I agree. Yeah. Didn't make my list, but it's, I, you know, I yeah. strongly agree. Uh, number three is where I'm going to put Todd Munkin uh, tonight. Okay. They ran the ball really, really well in the second half, running for over 100 yards. Um, and, you know, this, you know, KZ pointing it out, you know, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to put, you know, first quarter McCarry compared to the rest of the game because I was considering putting McCarry here because the first quarter did not look good. And maybe nope. it was just a thing of, you know, he had to kind of, he, he was a right tackle last week. Now he's shifting over to the complete opposite side of the line. So maybe he needed a quarter to adjust. Uh, but also, you know, as, as KZ pointed out, they, they kind of helped out the offensive line after a, a very dreadful uh, first quarter and then some. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the way they were able to run the ball in the second half and, and, and figure it out and really put this team away. Tremendous like adjustment. Tremendous yeah. adjustment to, to help with an offensive line that was struggling to start the game. Um, I'm good with it. Again, didn't make my list, but I'm completely good with it. Uh, number two, and I really waver. I was struggling which one would be number two and which one would be number one for me. I went at two with Adafi Owe. Um, from Next Gen, and you brought this up earlier, Stan. Yeah. Uh, Next Gen stats from the NFL. Uh, I'll just read this. Adafi Owe generated a career high seven pressures and thirty-five percent pressure rate, five of which came in matchups against Orlando Brown. Owe has generated a 15% or better pressure rate in five straight games since returning from injury. Adafi Owe's not there. Like, he's not, you know, Miles Garrett. He's not, you know, TJ Watt, anything like that. But the guy that we've been seeing in recent weeks is a difference maker, is a legit player, and finally sort of justifying the way that the Ravens used a first-round pick on him. Adafi Owe, I thought, was really good last night. He's my number two. That's my number two as well as Adafi Owe, and I don't really have to say anything else because you, you said it better than I could. He's been great. Yeah, he's been really, really great, and he might be 
he might be on the way to being a Miles yeah, maybe. Garrett or a TJ Watt. We'll you see. Know. We'll see. My number two, uh, I put Brandon Stevens right here at number two. Well, look at you. Yeah. He had a he had a very <laughs> Mr. Good Over. Night. He did have a good night. I agree. He didn't. Um, it's funny. He didn't make my list. <laughs> so you don't know this, Dan, but Griffin is like the biggest Brandon Stevens hater on the face of the planet. This is a moment for Griffin to put Brandon Stevens on his list. Um, kind of like the way you uh, came around on Trevor Simeon many years ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. I definitely, I strongly came around on Trevor <laughs> Simeon. You guys love my Stan and Kyle Ottenheimer. <laughs> We're like the kings of the Trevor Simeon fan club, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, what, what am I missing here? It was um, really, it was my attempt at a fire, uh, a fire festival. Okay, that's just, what it was. I was the fan club. I was trying to get members to pay me to be members Man. of the fan club. Um, the secondary is, you know, one of my probably my biggest concern going into the game, and you know, alongside Ronald Darby, uh, they they the reason I was big on starting, you know, Joe Burrow and Tyler Boyd in my fantasy leagues this week. Uh, they made the best receiver, one of the best receivers in football, a complete non-factor, and a large part of that was Brandon Stevens. Did you see Jonas Schaefer's tweet uh, citing next gen stats? He lined up against uh, Chase, went up against Stevens twenty two times last night, uh, and he was targeted just three times with Stevens in coverage. I, he the, was, oh, the one catch uh, was I, the touchdown. He was really good. He was. I mean, again, I didn't put him on the list, but a guy that I wanted to put on the list, he was really, really good. Thank you for being willing to uh, acknowledge uh, that. Thank you. I know that probably do it again. Probably it hurt, hurt, it hurt, hurt, it hurt. It does hurt. Yeah. To be, I have to do that. Uh, for me, number one was Odell Beckham, um, and and a lot of it to me is what it represents. It's not just that he had a big game. He did have a big game, but it's that he's showing himself to be third down like look to Odell Beckham on third down he's going to help you I don't think he's going to become a 10 catch guy at any point in the future I still think it's going to be spread out but Odell Beckham looks right he looks like the guy that helped lift the Rams to a Super Bowl title a couple years ago and looks like he's having more fun than he's ever had playing football it looks to be a fit here it looks like it's all his relationship with Lamar the way How about the other... his relationship with Kim Kardashian? That's yeah. so is that to happen? Uh, you know what I'll give credit for? Yeah. That hasn't been a distraction. And he's he's dating one it, of the most. Is is he is dating her? Yeah. I, it's like all you know yeah. they. But like he's out. Yeah. They're out together. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. And yet, in no ways has it been any sort of distraction right. or any sort of. Right. He's just going about handling his business. Um. I, I couldn't like Odell Beckham yeah. anymore at the moment. Yeah. Odell Beckham, to me, is number one. Yeah. My number one is uh, the defensive coach, Mike McDonald. Okay. I, I just am amazed. Uh, I had a feeling that they really, really liked him when John was able to pull him back from Michigan. Um, what he's done with his defense, because all of us are mentioning defensive players that have stepped up and improved, yep. uh, I just – I don't know what his secret sauce is, but he's really uh, – and we've witnessed some great defensive coordinators no here. Marvin Lewis, Rex, Rex Ryan, yep. um, Dean Pease. Uh, who was the guy right before Dean Pease? Uh, Greg, Greg Madison. Madison. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, we've, we've, we've had some yeah, Wink, really 100%. good Wink, – Wink was had his moments. This guy may be better than all of them. He really may be, and have a chance to do it. And um, I think it's probably a year premature, but I think he's got head. He doesn't look. Oh, I, he doesn't look the part of a head coach right now. He just still looks too young, baby faced, and yeah. baby faced. 
but this is a future. Uh, In fairness, the same thing they said about Mike McDaniel, right? Yeah. Was that he looked a little too baby faced? Yeah. But I, yeah. I think that most people are in agreement. That yeah, he's, I think he's really going places, and uh, we're fortunate to have him. My number one is also Odell Beckham Jr. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're going to be looking uh, everywhere for someone to step up uh, without Mark Andrews. And last night, Odell did. He was the most targeted receiver, and obviously had a massive, massive night. Um, that phantom holding call obviously was I don't well I guess we'll stop talking about it but he he rectified it so yep, Odell Beckham Jr. All right, very good. Those are our pats on the ass. We're gonna get them up at uh, GlennClarkRadio.com here in a little bit. So when we come back in, we're chatting with Dr. Chow. Correct. All right, Dr. David Chow, former Chargers team doctor at Pro Football Doc on Twitter, SIC scores. We're going to chat with him about Mark Andrews and about the hip drop in general. We're going to have a conversation about that next. Stand the fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show a partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia the next Tyus bowser show is tuesday november 21st at mother's north grill in timonium it's brought to you by superbook sports aj michaels and helpmygamblingproblem.org there's so much focus on sports betting these days but i want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat the costas inn is no gamble at all the quality on their menu is outstanding and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GCR on a Friday edition of the program. Still to come, Kirk Herbstreet will join us, of course, after he was on the call last night for Amazon as the Ravens beat the Bengals. Uh, this is the first time I didn't want to talk to him. Oh, that's how that was. I was trying yeah. to figure out what it was. Yeah, I was hoping how it wasn't I a Tariqo. I'd be late. You know. right. I was hoping that wasn't a Tariqo no, thing. It was, it was it's my, the other way around. This decision was mine. Yeah, right? So, so Stan is going to abstain. From chatting with, did, was there an issue there between the two of you? Did no, you? I just don't think he's very good on the oh, NFL. Oh, rough, rough, yeah. rough, rough. But I will admit, I changed my tune on Derek Jeter. Really? Remember, I criticized yeah, you hated him. Derek I hated Jeter. him. You were all the, the very next game. Derek I was really paying it. He was much more lively and engaging. Okay. Than, than I thought. All right. I just don't. It's I not that don't I don't like Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet. Or I don't like Al Michaels. I just don't it, think there's uh, any I, chemistry in I, that booth. At I all. understand. I understand that feeling. And, and I, if I were making a decision to change the booth by one person, it would be to get rid of Al Michaels. He's he just, no longer he at the top of this disinterested. Game. You know, like he just doesn't seem like he's. Yep. I was hoping that like last night. I didn't think he was. I think he was better last night than he had been for a lot of these games. I know I'm you didn't gonna, get to see the broadcast. Yeah. I, I think the quality of the matchup like yeah. brought a little bit of that yeah. out of him. Yeah. Whereas he can't feign his way through. I've got to do Atlanta, Bears, Panthers. Atlanta and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just I have no interest in being here. Right. And remember when he was at NBC when they would get a dud game, he could just say, well, I'll let Tariko have this one. Right. They're having him do every game, including yeah. all of the duds with yeah. Amazon, and he can't feign his way yeah. through it anymore. What's he get per game? It's a great question. I yeah. would have to see if we can find that out. Um, unfortunately, some bad news for the Ravens and, well, for the Bengals, too, obviously, last night in the injury department as it uh, looks like Mark Andrews is done for the season. Joe Burrow gets hurt as well. Let's talk about that, and uh, let's talk about this hip drop uh, discussion as we welcome back into the program our friend, unfortunately, typically bearer of bad news. He is Dr. David Chow. You see him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. Former Chargers team doctor, the man behind SIC score. Doc, it's uh, Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It is, despite the circumstance, I always appreciate you taking the time for us. Uh, no problem. I apologize for my voice. Um, I actually uh, am in Las Vegas for F1. The wife wanted to come, but the voice doesn't come from Vegas. I got in last night, and I came with this voice, so I apologize. Oh, man. you didn't. You're, it's not your fault that the, uh, the manhole cover came off, is it? <laughs> Well, as I tweeted, there are surface issues in all sorts of sports. It's not just grass versus <laughs> turf in the NFL. Doc, um, uh, I guess we'll just start with Mark Andrews. Were you When you saw afterwards that uh, John Harbaugh said it looks like it's season ending, did that surprise you at all based on what you had seen? Or when you saw it, did you say to yourself, yeah, this one, this is bad? Well, we knew it was a high ankle. We can't tell the degree. There's different degrees from mild to severe. And those are the severest forms have a fracture as well as a ligament tear. Milder forms, let's say Patrick Mahomes last year during his Super Bowl run, 
played through it, right? So there's different degrees of it, but we knew it was a high ankle sprain. The biggest surprise is how forthcoming John Harbaugh seems to be. He doesn't always just say things like that, like that right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he couches things a little bit, which is his prerogative, coach speak, and he's doing what's right by the team. So I'm not disrespecting him. I'm just making the observation, and a lot of coaches do it. But let me deliver some good news to Ravens fans. Until we look at the MRI and perhaps the X-ray, I think it's reasonable to think that he's done with a high-level high ankle sprain, done for the regular season. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily rule out playoffs yet, and maybe that's my good news to Ravens huh. Okay, you don't. You saying it's non-zero that, like, if if they look at it more and it's not as significant of a grade, that there is a chance that he could work his way back. And if the Ravens make a deep run, he he wouldn't just be significant or, or definitively done. I, I think that's correct. I don't know that he's definitively done. I think he probably is definitely done for the regular season. For the playoffs, that remains to be seen. And you have to understand, we all know what kind of player Mark Andrews is. He's a great player. He's quick, all this stuff. But he's a big-bodied guy. He's not Zay Flowers, right? Zay Flowers would have a harder time returning just because of how he needs to play to get open. Mark Andrews can do a lot uh, if he's 80% on that ankle. So we'll have to see. Dr. Chow, does does the fact that Mark Andrews is a diabetic, does that have anything, any impact on how he will ultimately heal from this? Uh, it really shouldn't because from all uh, outside view, he does a great job taking care of his diabetes. Mm-hmm. The doctors, the athletic trainers, he does the sideline testing, monitoring, and if his blood sugars are under control, it should be a minimal issue for healing for him. Dr. David Chow is with us here on GCR. Doc, uh, Stan and I, we've been having a lengthy conversation, as has the entire football world, um, about the nature of the tackle. And, of course, it was a hip-drop tackle from Logan Wilson, which, as we all know, is not illegal in any form or fashion, and I have no ill will towards Logan Wilson. He made a football play, but... There has been a lot of talk about this, and I'm sure that you have been following along. The statistic that the NFL has cited is that players are 25 times more likely to get hurt on a hip drop tackle than they are another form of tackle. Um, In your view, knowing what you know both about the league and about medicine, do you feel like it's time for the hip drop tackle to be removed from the game of football? From a medical perspective, yes. Absolutely, 100%. But I think there's a football side of it. There's no question hip drop tackles can be dangerous and you land on the back of someone's foot like yesterday. And it's happened a lot before. I've been talking about it for years. Kendall Drake, when he was with the Raiders, had a hip drop tackle, high ankle and fracture, ended his season. And he talked then about banning the hip drop tackle and we supported him. However, Replay the Logan Wilson tackle. What do you want that man to do? He's got him around the wrist, uh, around the waist. I mean, you want him just to drag along and let him score the touchdown? Okay, if that's the way the league wants it, that's fine. I think there are issues of how do you adjudicate it and how do you want people to tackle, right? I mean, uh, I think they could certainly legislate out the more egregious 
hanging on by dear life and swinging purposefully your legs to land on the back of somebody. But if that's just your momentum, I think that's the part where the league is trying to figure out in the competition committee from a pure danger standpoint. Yes, you should. From a pure danger standpoint, what's the difference from pulling on someone's long hair or dreads and pulling them to the ground versus a horse collar tackle and pulling them to the ground? Same injury issue, but one is legal. One is not, right? Pulling hair is legal to the ground. Pulling on the horse collar is not. So there are idiosyncrasies in the NFL rules. It's it's interesting to me, Dr. Chow, listening to you, because this is the one play that they're talking about banning where I don't think the, the player has any intention or, or is just being stupid. It just seems like it's in the middle of a play. And as you said, what's he supposed to do at that point in time? I don't know how you exactly legislate this out of the game. I don't know either. Perhaps the only thing that you can do, and I know football fans would not like this, but maybe it helps for injury. There might have to be a trade-off. If you're going to outlaw a drop tackle, then you might have to put in place a very quick whistle when someone's arms are around someone's waist. Okay. Even it out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, just even, even it out a little bit. No, like a forward progress type of thing. That's something that we've been talking about. You, if, you, if you're if you clearly stopping forward progress, then maybe it's that's that's it, right? Like, we don't want to have this play end in another way. We want to just go ahead and yeah. – and I'm sure, to your point, Doc, there are people who will say, well, that makes it flag football. But, you know, I, I don't think that we want to keep seeing players sideline like this and their lives altered. Um, if I could, on the flip side of last night, Doc, I, you know, the good news to the Ravens is they probably put the Bengals away in the AFC North, but the Bengals – are still the Bengals. What do we make of Joe Burrow and what you saw on the sideline with his wrist and what that timeline might be? Because there's still a part of me that says, but if they get Joe Burrow back in a couple of weeks and they can survive long enough, they could still probably be a threat in the postseason. Well, it all depends on what, on what he actually has, right? And that's unknown. The term wrist sprain is a garbage basket. It's like knee sprain. Is it an ACL? Is it an MCL? Is it a meniscus? Is it patella tendonitis, right? The knee sprain, it can mean a lot of things. Wrist sprain can mean a lot of things. In our looking at video, there was no significant trauma. Of course, there's an investigation that's routine in the NFL, especially for quarterbacks. But if it is, let's say, to me, it's something that's flipping out of place, whether it's a piece of cartilage in his wrist or a tendon that's subluxing. If it is a wrist cartilage tear, TFCC tear, there's meniscus, quote meniscus, in the wrist like in the knee. Many a player has a knee scope and trims the meniscus in returns. It's not impossible, if, if that is the case for Joe Burrow, to have a wrist scope and return in December sometime. So we'll have to see, and I'm sure there's an MRI incoming and more information. All right, I, I, just two, if I could knock him out with you really quickly. We thought the worst when we saw the Marlon Humphrey thing last week, and then a couple days later we find out it's just a, a calf strain. It's not the Achilles. Um, he didn't play last night, but how good of news was that for Marlon and for the Ravens, and, and when do you think we might be able to see him? Anything short of an Achilles is great news. And by video we had that worry, but it's a lower calf strain, and let's just hope that he can get better and takes his time and returns. 
let's hope this doesn't turn into, and I'll say it so it doesn't turn into it, a Kevin Durant situation. Mm, mm, hopefully you just, yeah, yeah, we speak that we speak that out of existence at that point by addressing That's right. it. Hey, That's Doc, right. Doc, I got a quick one for you. I was at the game last night sitting in the stands, and I was sitting next to my cousin who's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, shoulder specialist, but he immediately, I thought – that, that it was a concussion issue with Mark Andrews, he that he had hit his head. My cousin immediately said, now he's got a high ankle sprain. Did you see, like, when, as a doctor, when you were watching, obviously what you know is different than what I know. Did you see it as an ankle injury immediately? Uh, yes, I will admit. I, I was hosting some people at Circus Sportsbook, okay. so it was a little loud. But my staff, uh, but I got as good, at least as good as me was, uh, view as your friend or cousin, the orthopedist, yeah. and did think it was high ankle. But we look at replays. The staff always right. sends me replays before I tweet it and go hard on an opinion and even consult with other guys. But we knew it was a left high ankle from the get. Okay. Uh, all right. This is my last one, Doc. I'm uh, I'm thinking about in my fantasy football leagues trying to stash Aaron Rodgers right now so no one else can grab him. What can you possibly make sense of all of this? Like it. Does it feel as poppycock to you as it feels to everybody else? What What do you make of the idea that Aaron Rodgers could possibly back out on the field in, in December? Poppycock. It's poppycock. I, I I do one fantasy. I do one fantasy league, Scott Fishbowl, and uh, I have stashed Aaron Rodgers since the preseason. <laughs> I mean, how? How? How no? I mean, he was one of my top draft picks. So oh, been, oh, okay. Been, so you just been holding on to him. I get it. But how is this possible that he could play? It's well, you have to remember when this first happened in in game. Yes, we saw Achilles immediately. The conversation in the next twenty four hours was: Is his career done? He will be forty next year. Right. And I went on McAfee and everywhere saying, "I guarantee you, his career is not done. He will be fine." No issues next season. Aaron Rodgers at 40, a quarter step slow, is still faster than Tom Brady at 45. Don't worry about it. Now the conversation has shifted to this. The only reason why it's possible, and actually after Robert Sala said, basically confirmed Achilles that night, week one, I said there's a snowball chance he could return to play this season. He's got to recover very well. The Jets have to make the playoffs make it with Zach Wilson or another quarterback and have that other quarterback get injured. The reason why is this. You couldn't do it at any other position, period. Running back, wide receiver, offensive line, defense, you couldn't do it. But quarterback doesn't always have to be completely mobile. And the other thing is, he's got a very strong arm, and it's his front leg, not his push-off back leg. So he can alter his mechanics. The issue is he still has to run, which he hasn't done yet. He's been on this Trojan horse partial weight-bearing machine. He can't get up on his toes yet. He can't escape, slide across pressure yet. So he's still a ways off. Mid-December doesn't seem realistic. But as long as the Jets are alive, there is an in, the weather's getting colder. The snowball's chance is growing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's real. I, I've got a quick two-part question for you. Number one, do you know what a – a bird named the cassowary <laughs> is. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> Have you ever uh, heard of a cassowary? 
And the, uh, and, no, I, my my doctorate is in, is in a different field. And, and the and the second part of the question was: Have you ever treated anyone who's been attacked that by has, a has been attacked by a cassowary? You got to you got to Google that, Doc. Uh, it will so blow we, your mind. Doc. It's it'll, unbelievable. It'll blow it's the, your mind. It's called the fiercest bird on the planet, and I just discovered it the other day. We had a whole conversation about it. it. I, I promise. I mean, that's distinct from the Oriole, right? I mean, or the raven, it's distinct right? from it's distinct from an Oriole and a Raven, no doubt. Uh, at Pro Football Doc on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him. SICScore.com is the website to check him out. What else can we plug for you, Doc? Oh, that's good. We got an offer for a, a guaranteed winner on Sick Picks, and uh, this week for free. And uh, you know, our algorithm's doing well. Uh, we've been killing it based on injuries. Midseason is the time. And uh, look, have some fun, be it with fantasy or otherwise. The Ravens, I have to shout out, at the beginning of the season, they were among the most injured teams in the league, and they were doing it and getting it done. Then they get healthy, and then they get beat by Cleveland, losing some players and go backwards. Now they now they lose Andrews. It's like they've been the most roller coaster team in the league this year. So kudos to the organization for continuing to win and stay in the playoffs. Dr. David Chow, you actually gave us some good news this week. And so this is probably the most pleasant conversation we've ever had over our years of chatting with you. Uh, truly appreciate and, you. And, 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 if I, and, and if I could spell Castaway, I would Google it and look it up. <laughs> C- we'll, C- we'll text C- it to you. C-A-S-S-O-W-A-R-Y. Yeah, it'll it'll it, blow it, your it mind. It'll blow your mind. I promise you that. <laughs> Doc, always appreciate it. Enjoy the race. Thanks for taking the time for us. Thank you. Yeah, if the race happens, he's, I guess he's terrific. Say. Yeah, he's very good. He's always he's he's always been good to us. Always yeah. appreciate that. And look, you know, I mean, he says, and in fairness, John Harbaugh did not definitively say. Yeah, yeah. He just said, "Looks like it's season ending." So there is a little wiggle room in there. And Dr. David Chow points out there is a little. I'm going to bet more on the possibility that Kohler becomes a little bit of an impact player. I think they really liked him when they drafted him. I think him. I definitely and to your point they did draft him before they drafted Isaiah yeah. likely. I would add I don't think either one of them steps in to be Mark Andrews. No, but to the point no, of yeah. is there someone who is is closer to can Mark have, Andrews can have style an impact on some on some games, yeah. you know. It, it can we're talking about this last night on Project Game Day. From a stylistic standpoint, mm-hmm. Charlie Kolar is Charlie Kolar is closer to Mark Andrews' style than Isaiah Likely is. Also, Isaiah Likely has sort of been in a role that has worked for the Ravens, and do you want to take him out of that role right. moving forward? There is also the question, and Femi brought this up last night, where is their trust level in Charlie Kolar, right? Like, he hasn't been on the field for the most part, so... Is any of that because they don't trust him as a blocker? We we have talked about yeah, this ad that's, nauseum. That's key, yeah. There are players that don't get on the field. Uh, and Jeff, we don't know. Jeff Zreback and I were just laughing about this together the other night because there will be players that fans will scream, why is this guy not getting more of a look? And somebody, I, he or I, will run into a buy and somebody will say, they're going to get somebody killed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the the answer is you're screaming about a guy, and we get it. But the you truth don't know is, what, you don't know what we know. They don't think that person can be on the field because they're worried that that person is going to hurt the football team and get someone injured because they don't pick up blocking assignments. 
I don't know that that's the. I have no idea. Yeah. But no, just, I, I, I just think it's worth remembering that when we talk about Charlie Kolar. That yeah. we don't know where their their confidence, their faith level is good, with him. Good, excellent point. I want to bring it up only because it was a huge topic of discussion, and then of course she was on the broadcast last night. Are you aware of the Carissa Thompson story over the last twenty four hours? Uh, I just read the headline of it that she. Basically, she, uh, she was on, pardon my take, the right, podcast. Right. And she said, and she alleges that she's brought it up before. Right. That early in her career, right. When a coach wouldn't talk to her, she would make up. She would essentially make up something in order to have something to say when right. they went down to the sideline. Right. It has been blast. Everyone in sports media has condemned. To me, it's a career ender as I, far as I'm concerned. I, I think at least it should be seriously, like is is there a world where Carissa Thompson could have a role moving forward? I don't know, yeah. but like I thought it was unbelievable that Amazon just said go right out and, yeah, and work and right. then apparently when people were reaching out for comment their response was well, she said it was something that happened 15 years ago. Right. Like that's that addresses it. That in means any way. we can trust her now. But you know, it's it's an egregious error, and it's really, you know, what it really does. It really hurts the credibility of women reporters. And that you know? was where the loudest, the the, yeah. the, num- the least assaulters of the world, that there the was people that really know what and know what they're doing, and and know enough about the game that they could say. Coach wouldn't really comment Correct. on this, but here's what I think. You know, Correct. they could they could somehow because that's what she's doing is thinking what what they would have said. Right. So say but, so, so say, say presented that. that. Yeah. And th- there's a couple things I want to say. First, Chris Thompson put out a statement this morning. Right. Okay, let's address the elephant in the room. I have a responsibility to myself and my employers to clarify what is being reported. When on a podcast this week, I said I would make up reports early in my career when I worked as a sideline reporter before I transitioned to my current host role. Working in media, I understand how important words are, and I chose the wrong words to describe the situation. I'm sorry. I have never lied about anything or been unethical during my time as a sports broadcaster. In the absence of a coach providing any information that could further my report, I would use information that I learned and saw during the first half to create my report. For example, if a team was 0 for 7 on third down, that would clearly be an area they need to prove on in the second half. In those instances, I never attributed anything I said to a player or coach. Now, if that's true, first of all, she she couldn't have failed more in how she 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 right. sounds like someone that was trying to be cool on a pot. Dude, I was making stuff. If that part of it is true, yeah. And if you actually went back and watched the reports, that's and what, what she, you'd have to do. You'd have to go back and, and, and see what her she reports. said was clearly, you know, they're going to have to clean the, up yeah. on third down. Right. That's fine. That's, that's fine. exactly but what that's you were just alluding said, to. But that's Correct. not what she said. She said if. If they go back and do the work and they find these reports and it's true that she never lied, she still should probably be punished for, again, how she made the entire – she made Amazon look bad. She made Fox look bad. She made everyone that's ever been associated with her look bad by her choice of wording, and she should be punished for that. But it is less egregious than if she was making up reports. And the the people that are trying to – dude, you're making it seem like it's such a big deal. It's just a sideline reporter. 
that's part of your at that's part of the problem. The reason why this is so important is because if that's how we feel, then there is no purpose to any of this. Yeah. In everything we do, there are plenty of times. There are plenty of times where I have done like a pregame call with a coach, and the coach has said something like this. Yeah, you know, I you can massage it however you want. You can word it the way that you want to word it, but this is what I'm thinking about. But they said you can word it the way that you want to word it. I didn't make anything up. They told me, here's what we're dealing with. You choose how you want to word it. Mm-hmm. And I chose how I wanted to word it. There are plenty yeah, of times. That's very different than what she was claiming, what she was claiming that she did. The idea of a coach didn't talk to me, so I just made something up, is vastly different than this. And she, if, again, as, if this is true, what she's saying today, and they go back and they check old and Amazon needs to do that by the way anyone who's in business with Clarissa uh, Clarissa Thompson anyone who's in business with her needs to go back and like assign someone to watch every game every sideline report that she did and confirm that and if what she's saying today is true then again there should still be some sort of penalty for how badly she botched it when talking about it that would be a great job for Griffin. Oh, by the way, Griffin got some praise this morning. I did? Uh, from our friend, Mr. Josh Charles. Oh. Says, kinder, softer Griff. I like it. Don't hate. Oh, congratulate. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Appreciate that. I, you know but what? Wouldn't no, that be can't. a great job for Griffin? To, to volu- just go back and watch to every? Volunteer. Yeah, right? To yeah, say, because he's a volunteer. Yeah, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> to go back and watch every game and just, every report Carissa Thompson ever did yeah, I mean, in order to figure that out. Again, if she had said this right. on Pardon My Take, it's not a problem. It's, I, it was frustrating because there would be coaches that wouldn't talk, so I had to use the knowledge that I had in order to deliver a report. But it doesn't sound cool, right? You're trying to be edgy and hip I, on this I don't podcast. watch that much of the Amazon broadcasts. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, but I've got to tell you, she, she has struck me as somebody that would make stuff up. I, I would be uncomfortable saying that. But I would be uncomfortable saying that she definitely has. Right. But, but, but her persona, it's not surprising that she's in the midst of a, uh, a little brouhaha, a big brouhaha, actually. I mean, I, I think she wanted to come off as being cool. cool. Look at me, right? I spit in the face of the establishment, man. I get, it's not okay. It's not, and we have to say, we have to be willing to say it's not okay. Or else there is no purpose. Truth and fact has to matter. We are having a terrible problem with that throughout our country. And I'm not trying to compare Carissa Thompson talking about somebody on third down to what's happening, you know, like with national security. I'm not trying to say the two things are the same. But we have a terrible fact and truth problem throughout the country, and they have to matter. We have to be able to say if you guys didn't watch the judge go off on Alex Jones this week, I would encourage you. It's the only time in my life I've ever encouraged you to watch anything that was related to Alex Jones. He was in court this week, and a judge said, you don't just get to say, I think it's true. You don't get to make up facts. It's either fact or it isn't. That's the way it works. Is this where he was trying to get out of paying, saying yeah, that he can't, probably. can't pay what yeah. he's supposed to like, pay to that fact family? Fact has to be 
fact. You don't get to say, I feel like it's fact, or I think it's fact, or anything like that. It's fact or it's not. How many times, Griffin, do I say, I can't argue with fact? I don't think... Tank Dell, I don't think, is the sixth best receiver in football. But ESPN's analytics crew says Tank Dell is... By the way, has the season gone on? (laughs) I think it was Nico Collins, actually, not Tank Dell. But to the point... I have to. Re- I don't just get to say, factually, C.J. Stroud is doing this with nothing at wide receiver, because the fact says C.J. Stroud is doing it with two very good wide receivers, just not name brand wide receivers in Tank Dell and Nico Collins. We have fact has to matter at some point. So now I've said my piece about it. I've got nothing else to say about Carissa Thompson. I want to go ahead and do tidbit tubular, and then we'll wrap with Kirk Herbstreit. Sure, we can Should do, we do that. it that yes. way. Let me make All sure right. it's okay with Kirk, but yeah. We t- I had to tape with Kirk. <laughs> By the way, not only did I have to tape with Kirk, I walked in today at 10 o'clock exactly. You're doing a great job. 10 o'clock. We got all a, appreciate got it. A phone, Everyone here. Got a phone call from Griffin this morning at 9 a.m. He said, good news. Uh, Kirk, Griffin had been reaching out to Kirk Herbstreet all week. All week he'd been reaching, reaching out to Kirk Herbstreet. He says, good news. Kirk Herbstreet got back to me. I said, cool. He said, he can go right now. <laughs> Or never any so other. What you time. doing in your car? Not. I wasn't even in the car. I was like getting. I in the in the room. Uh, I think I told you a couple weeks ago when we the, did the Kurt Warner thing when I was taping it in the car at the five star and these people were looking at me like, "What is this weirdo doing?" Um, I because I know how difficult it is to book guests. I understand what yeah, Griffin is going you gotta through. Take, you gotta I, grab them when I you can. I purchased this headset that you'll see me using when I do videos with Stan, mm. and I said, "If anybody can." Whatever, wherever I am, if they're good to go, as long as they can hop on Zoom, we'll go ahead and knock it out. And I, I want to do that because I understand that Griffin, Thank it's you. difficult yes. to book guests. Yeah. So, sure enough, sat there and then scrambled to get so out. So you, you made up, Kirk. No, it, no. Glenn and I, Clark, and I don't is, lie about it. We're listen not gonna... carefully because when Kirk Herb Street talks, it's really Glenn. It is throwing <laughs> his voice. Stop it. Stop it. It's pretty impressive. I listened to part of it. Yeah, uh, so it's it was- it's a nightmare too because I I gotta I'm I'm emceeing this event for Tyus Bowser tonight mm. and so I gotta wear a suit like I've been wearing on Fridays but like I didn't have time to put oh. it on so I, all I could do is just grab it and I'm gonna have to change here during the course of the day um, which is not the end of the I world. Appreciate but you. Yeah. Yeah. It was a scramble to get in here. I walked in at ten o'clock. All right. Uh, tidbit is brought to you by speaking of Tyus, the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back next Tuesday night. We are back at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Tyus and a special guest will join us. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Uh, so we did dish out some uh, MVP awards last night. Uh, Shohei Otani and Ronald Acuna both won the MVP unanimously. Uh, and that is the first time ever that uh, the, both league MVPs won in unanimous fashion. Shohei and Acuna the I same I think I year. did see that, yes. yes. Uh, then the Ravens, they have now trailed for a total of 32 minutes on the season, 32 minutes and 15 seconds on the season. Only the 1998 Broncos have trailed for less time through 11 games uh, since since 1970. And, of course, uh, those those Broncos did go on to win the Super Bowl. So, so we'll there we go. We'll root for, for that. They added a little time to the list last night. A little time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, and then uh, back, over, what was the what's the number total now? Thirty two minutes. Thirty two minutes. Yes. So, so the but second is still less. like fifty six minutes. Yeah. Or something oh, this like season. That. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Blake Snell. We'll go back to the diamond. He was. Uh, he became a two time Cy Young Award winner, and he is the seventh pitcher 
to win the Cy Young in both leagues? Who are the six others? Win the Cy Young in both leagues. Yes. Uh, Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox. No, he never won an American no, no, Cy Young. No, what am I doing? No, yeah, not that Greg didn't Maddox. happen. Nolan Ryan? Yeah. Not Nolan Ryan. How Randy, about, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. How about Jim Bunning? Only two lefties, not Jim Bunning. Only two not lefties to win it in both leagues. Um, extra tidbit. Verlander. Verlander no, no, has not never won uh, in the National League. How about, about, doing? How about Kurt Schilling? Uh, Schilling has not won it in both leagues. Both leagues. Okay. And there's six, uh, were five others that were missing so far. Correct. Sabathia? No, CC did not win it with the National League, yeah. Garrett Cole didn't because he didn't win one with the Pirates. Right. How about? Um, oh God! God, I'm trying to think of. Are they are they really big big names? They are, yes. Clemens didn't win one with the Mets, right? He in fact did. He did. Roger okay. Clemens right. is on our list. He won one with who? Oh, with the Astros. Or the Astros. Because the Astros. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm going to say the Mets. When, he, when they were in the National when they were still League? in the National okay, League, right? So Roger yep, Clemens. Roger Clemens. Yep. Uh, how about? God. Dennis Eckersley never in the National League. Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. Pedro yes. Martinez. Excellent. Pedro Martinez. Excellent. So you got three of six or three of five? Yeah, uh, yeah three of six. Oh, uh, seven uh, uh, Roy Holiday? Three. Yep, Roy Holiday. Yes, Roy Holiday. Both got leagues. Better the memory than me. Toronto and uh, Philadelphia. No. Two more. Two more. Dos Moss. I feel like this shouldn't be this difficult. Right. I don't know why I'm struggling so much with this. David Price wouldn't have had an NL1. Because um, he didn't win one with the Dodgers. No, he did not. David Cohn didn't do it. David Cohn did not do it. I'm really... I'm really... Gaylord Perry? Gaylord Perry, correct. With I the he uh, won one with San Diego. The Cleveland baseball team. And, and Phil Necro? And then, uh, no, not Phil Necro. Yes, and San Diego. Missing one. Missing one. He is the before uh, before Snell. He would be the most recent. The most recent. That'd be after Holiday and before Snell. <laughs> Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Oh, well done, right. Of course. Max Scherzer. Oh, son of a bitch. Good job. Good job. That was a good. Que- that was a good question. Yeah. Well done. I mean, I was wrong about twelve times. Yeah, correct. But you I eventually got, got there. You eventually <laughs> got there. Tidbit was also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect from e- to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here is what's coming up totally tubular-wise. Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. Still a bunch of numbers that interest me this weekend. Still a lot of games that I'd like to have some action on. I do want to have the Steelers, unfortunately. It's what it is, man. I just, come on. They're they're playing against Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I did a hit on VEASAN yesterday. We're talking about the game, and all of a sudden at the uh, the end of it, uh, Mike, who's one of the co-hosts, is like, okay, I know this has nothing to do with Baltimore, but do you have any idea why it is the Browns are starting Dorian Thompson-Robinson? I was like, bro. I clearly do not cover the Browns in any way, but I am with you. I do not get it at all. It makes no sense to me. So I'm going to have a little action on the Steelers it who are. Might be because uh, what's what's the guy that 
played against us. P- PJ Walker. PJ, but not PJ Wakefield. He can't. Yeah. He can't block very. Well. No, yeah, they can't have him on the field. He's going to get somebody killed. Right? <laughs> Could be Joe Flacco by the time we get to Sunday. Who knows? Uh, but the be, Browns well, are still one point favorites, and I don't. So yeah, I, I guess if Flacco starts to be like they should be like, favorites, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll be riding with the Steelers. You go to SuperBook. Use the code Glenn Clark twenty three or Stan Charles twenty three when you sign up. You will receive a same day first bet match, win or lose, up to two hundred fifty dollars. Again, SuperBook dot com or download the SuperBook app. All right, here's what's coming up. Totally tubular. I can't do the whole weekend because there is way too much with basketball. Tell us all about football. feast week. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to do all of that. Wednesday will be fun. Uh, tonight, Maryland Villanova hoops at eight thirty. I guess Villanova not quite as good as. Everybody thought they were. Maryland certainly not, but Villanova losing to Penn the other night. Wow. Yeah. Villanova lost to Penn. Villanova lost to what Penn. What is the spread in tonight's game? That's a good question, Stan. Let's find that I'm out I'm going to guess quick. Villanova by six. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, it's exactly six. Wow. Look at you. Stan's setting Look lines over you. here. Villanova by six. I just tonight. got hired as an odds maker. <laughs> yeah, right, at Superbook. Superbook. <laughs> uh, that game is 8.30 on Fox Sports 1. For Maryland and Villanova tonight, Towson, of course, lost to uh, Houston last night. It is what it they is. They cover. Look at that. They play Wake Forest tonight at seven in Charleston. It's all about the cover. It absolutely is. That's on. Uh, did you have scary some, news? Did you have a little action? No, on? I didn't. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, but from now I know moving forward. Right. Pat Scary's covered my ass. <laughs> That's on uh, ESPNU this evening at seven o'clock. They take on Wake Forest uh, tomorrow. Big noon kickoff from College Park. Then Michigan Maryland at noon on Fox. Uh, Navy hosts East Carolina at noon. It's on ESPN News, oddly, is uh, where you find that game. Towson's at home for their uh, season finale tomorrow against Rhode Island at 1 o'clock. It's on Monumental. Uh, Morgan wraps up the season at Howard at 1 on ESPN+. Johns Hopkins in the NCAA tournament tomorrow. They host Western Connecticut State at noon. Uh, Stevenson plays a bowl game at Ursinus. Uh, You can watch it on Ursinus' website. Uh, Loyola basketball tomorrow at 11 a.m. against Sacred Heart. At UMBC. Don't go to Reed's Arena to watch the game. They're playing it at UMBC. I, I know. Why? Why? Because the arena is so nice over it, It's What they did is that UM, in order to get, what they call them? What are they MTEs, called? MTEs. MTEs. multiple team You can get more games if you play in an event that's established as what's called an MTE. Okay. So this weekend, UMBC is playing Sacred Heart now. Tomorrow, Loyola plays Sacred Heart. And then Sunday, UMBC plays Loyola. So it's all Multi- part of they're all at UMBC? They're all at UMBC. So as silly as it is, Loyola is playing Sacred Heart tomorrow but they have to go to UMBC in order to do it. It's a very difficult thing. It's a hike, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the rest of the college, bas- everything else for tomorrow you can find. Uh, Sunday, the local TV games, CBS, Steelers-Browns at 1, Jets-Bills at 425, Fox-Giants-Commanders at 1, of course, Sunday Night Football, Vikings-Broncos at 815, and as Stan brought up, the MIA football title game, mm-hmm. Sunday at United Stadium, the B Conference, Concordia Prep, John Carroll at 2. The A Conference, McDonough and Spalding at 5. They'll be streamed on YouTube as well. Maryland Women host Syracuse at noon on Big Ten Network Sunday. Loyola UMBC at 1 on ESPN+. Uh, Towson will play again in the Charleston Classic, but we won't know any of the details until after tonight's game. Non-sports highlights. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Let's see. Scar- Scarlett Johansson is on Fallon tonight. Um, I'm not sure why. I thought I looked it up. Oh, uh, she's suing an AI company. That's why. I don't know if that's why, but she is. That's 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 the news related to her. Okay, if 
I got nothing here. Dashing through the snow. This is the ludicrous uh, Lil Rel Howery movie on Disney Plus, where Lil Rel Howery oh, right. is you Santa were Claus. About it the other day. Yes. There's also apparently a Jason Biggs Christmas movie on Netflix, and I was like, Jason Biggs is still alive? Who hmm. knew? Um, on Apple TV, Monarch: The Legacy of Monsters. This is a Godzilla TV show. Essentially, it's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, Kurt Russell's in it. Anders Holm is in it. And, very random. Yeah, it's random. And uh, essentially, just continuing the story of you know Godzilla, the King of Monsters, and that that that. It's called Legacy. On, right. uh, or sorry, Monarch: Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV Plus. Peacock has the Please Don't Destroy movie. Uh, oh right. The Treasure of Foggy Mountain. They released like the opening scene. Essentially, it was very funny. Has anybody like reviewed it? That's I don't maybe know, I should dude. watch it without review. Conan is in it. He plays like the dad of okay. one of the guys, and it it was pretty. The the okay. opening like four minute scene that they released was pretty good. Uh, on Prime Video, Twin Love new series. This is hosted by uh, Nikki and Brie Bella on a twin dating show. Sure. So twins have to try to match up with. They're yeah. going to be put in separate houses, and they have to try to match I'm, up. I'm, like the twins I'm, have to try to match I'm, up with the I'm same good. I'm pair good. of twins. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Blue Beetle, uh, the DC movie, comes to streaming. It's on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, and Jason Momoa will be hosting Saturday Night Live tomorrow night. All right. The seventy second Miss Universe tomorrow night as well. You can't miss that on the Roku channel, hosted by Olivia Culpo and Maria Menounos. Sure. Sure. Can't miss that. Can't miss it. All right, very good. Uh, there is no bat around tomorrow. There will be a new form of the bat around starting next week, and we'll tell you more about that next week, but there will be no bat around tomorrow morning. But, Stan, you will be back on Monday Yeah. with Stan, with Ross and Luke. Ross and Luke. Very yes, good. Ross and Luke on Monday. Of course, at Stan and the Fan. And no second Yeah, with the holiday next week. Next week. Yeah. Makes sense. At Stan the Fan. And we Stan will not be here with us. Friday, but we will have a show or content or something like that. Might for I be you. part of the? Is perhaps it a possible, you, perhaps you might be. We might be able to do something with that. We'll talk about that. Maybe talk about the the cassowary, the as cassowary. a as a as an alternative to. How about this for a show that you and uh -huh. I create? It's right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, you go out and hunt a cassowary, and make that your. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> We'll see. We'll get, we'll get back together with you in a couple weeks. I'm a one-trick sure. pony. Yeah. Aren't I? <laughs> you really went I milk something. Really went heavy on the cassowary this week. Like, it was good. It's like the Letterman approach to it, right? Like, uh, now it's groaning, but if you when you come back to it the next time you're in here, yeah. it's going to make us laugh again. All right? And by that point, we'll be back on board with it. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. Give him a follow there. All right. Uh, thanks today to... Um, Kirk Herbstreet, who you're about to hear from, Dr. David Chow, Bo Smolka. We'll get all of that up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. We'll be back on Monday with stuff and things. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, AJ Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go all the local teams, every single one of them. Duke sucks. We wrap up the day. Had to do this a little bit earlier on, but a conversation with uh, Kirk Herbstreet from Amazon after he called the Ravens game last night right here on GCR. That's not encouraging. Yeah, it is, it is not. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not great. Good at all. In fact, that didn't. I got to be honest with you, that didn't sound like Kirk Herbstreet, Griffin. That sounded like silence to me. And um. I, Deadly silence. Oh, this is not a good sign. What do you need me to do here? Uh, sit tight for me, and uh, I, I. Oh, just continue. It, it, to... I, it worked. It 100 percent was. Sure? I had it earlier. So give sure. me, give me one second here. I'm nervous.
nervous about this. Um, um, Stan, you have anything else prepared for me? I could do. A, I could do. A you couple got some jokes cassowary. cassowary you jokes got some cassowary that, that content about now sound. They're gonna make you laugh again. Yeah, too. it's time. It's finally time. I've come around. No, the on the it. TV show idea is you send out people, uh-huh. not you or I, that have to hunt to kill the cassowary for so Thanksgiving. So Griffin, you were saying that uh, we think we're ready with Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> I believe so. All right. On GCR by the man who is in Baltimore, literally the busiest man in show business. He is Amazon Prime analyst and, of course, ESPN's own Kirk Herbstreit. Kirk, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Looking looking forward to it. What a, uh, what a scene last night, and then it kind of turned upside down with the injuries to, to Mark and then to Joe. So uh, that, that aspect of it wasn't great, but uh, great, great scene in there. And Baltimore obviously has a great team. Yeah, and the atmosphere was incredible, obviously. I, Kirk, I, I guess that's the question I come away with is like, what did we learn from last night about these two teams? Well, I think going into it, I think I already, at least from watching tape and watching them play all year, I think Baltimore is uh, one of the best teams in the league. Um, and I think if you look at the way they they played, they really haven't played a complete game on both sides of the football and, and play up to what they're capable of doing. Um, I, and I, I'm, I'm concerned, obviously, like everybody would be with Mark Andrews, injury you know you're not only losing the security blanket for Lamar but he just brings so much to that style of offense so that that uh how they respond to that in these these the rest of these uh coming weeks in the season and into the postseason will be interesting um and and how Todd Munkin's going to adjust um without having him I don't I don't know if likely brings the same kind of uh physicality obviously to the position and and again just the chemistry between he and Lamar so they'll have to figure out a way to overcome that their defense um I I feel like again they are potentially one of the top defenses in the league I just think if you talk to to coach McDonald it's just about doing it consistently Mm -hmm. um and you gotta and they gotta stay healthy you know I mean one thing I've learned about doing the NFL these last couple years the teams that typically get hot in December and January are the teams that able to avoid those big injuries, you know? And so I think, I think Baltimore is in a great spot, you know, just how they respond to that injury to Mark Andrews, I think is going to be key. They're going to have to go on the road and, and win some tough games and some tough atmospheres and primetime audiences in the next few weeks. And then for Cincinnati, I, I think it all comes down to where, what's the deal with Joe Burrow's wrist and, and how serious is this? You know, they're, they're devastated. Um, with losing the game, another AFC game, another division loss for them. Uh, you look at them at five and five, seven weeks to go, and you look at their schedule, it doesn't get much easier. So uh, I think right now it's just find out where Joe Burrow is, find out if he's out for the year or for a few weeks or how serious this is, and then trying to pick, you know, basically pick up the pieces and try to get their, their, their confidence back. They had one you know, four in a row before they lost last week to Houston and then to go on the road and lose to Baltimore and, and to have that injury, I, I think they're they're kind of devastated in the last couple of weeks. Understandably so. Kirk, if I could follow up on two pieces of that. One, as far as, you know, not having Mark Andrews, this is about as competent of a group of receivers as the Ravens have had in a very long time. I'm not trying to suggest they're the Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers, but we saw Odell Beckham. He looked great last night. Zay Flowers are making the plays. 
And we all know the talent of Rashad Bateman, and we've seen it in in doses, right? If Rashad Bateman could take another step forward in the red zone on third down, could that really be the answer to how they go about replacing Mark Andrews? Yeah, and I, I'm glad you brought that point up. I brought it up during the telecast. The, the reason that, that Lamar, I think, with Todd Monken has a chance to have a monster year is you, you could still run the football. And I know it starts with their sure. running game. But the difference is with the perimeter. I mean, they, they once they signed that big deal to Lamar, they, they did a really smart thing by going out and, and adding pieces, not just with the rookie flowers, but bringing in OBJ. And, and if Bateman can get healthy, I, I, I like your point about him becoming – an answer down there. And I'm just talking to Munkin this week. I think they're very, really confident that OBJ, as we've seen in the last couple weeks, hopefully he's okay. Cause I know he got a little bit dinged when, when Logan Wilson caught up to him, but if he's okay, um, you know, he and Bateman been dealing with some just nagging injuries that not allowing them to, to get some timing and rhythm down in a new system, you know, and, and, and being able to get you know, in with Lamar to be able to, make those throws seamless where you don't have to really work at the timing and the rhythm of it. So I think that's going to continue to get better, but I just don't think there's anything you can do. Likely it's going to be the guy that more than likely along with Kohler that'll have to step up. Uh, and I like in the red zone, likely he's got great length and size. We did the, the Baltimore Tampa game last year. And he had a monster night. He's almost more of a receiver where you can, you can flex him out, try to create a matchup against a linebacker or a safety. So he can help you in that area. But I just mean, you, you know, you've watched him for six years. I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the entire league. And, yep. and whether it's red zone, red zone or third down, he's going to create a favorable matchup. So that's what they'll be thinking about over the next uh, next week or so before they get ready for their their next game is trying to figure out different options in those critical areas, third down and red zone and who, who can step up. But I like that idea about Bateman. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet is with us. He's on his way to Harrisonburg, of course, for college game day tomorrow. Um, Kirk, the other thing about the Mark Andrews injury is, of course, the controversy surrounding the hip drop tackle. And you guys addressed it on the broadcast last night. And I'm not it, look that that is a as of right now, that is a legal tackle. I am not you know, trying to get after Logan Wilson about it. But does it feel like it is time for the NFL to address this? And do you feel like that's going to be out of the game in the coming years? Yeah, a couple of things there. I, I think, number one, you know, the game gets tougher and tougher for a defender. You know, you, you sack the quarterback and you're like, OK, I can't hit him low. I can't hit him high. You have to, like, delicately put him down. You can't bring your weight down on him when you when you sack him, because if you follow through on the sack, that's going to be a roughing the passer. Uh, you, you know, if you can't hit a defenseless player, uh, now you're going to take away the hip drop. And, and, and I, for me. I, I, I'm all about player safety. I'm all about the rules and what we're trying to do. That that hip drop is awful. You know, you see it in high school football. You see it in college. Typically, it's a guy that's in, in high school and college. It's the biggest guy, the strongest guy. And he's able to use his momentum and his size and strength to get, you know, if he's behind a, a receiver or ball carrier and bring him down. And you always worry about that ankle or that lower leg snapping you know because of all that weight and momentum that's coming down on him and, and again logan wilson isn't trying to do anything but it's an example and and in this new era of football uh this is a tackle that needs to come out and mm. and there's different ways to bring a guy down from behind without having to do that hip drop so i think the nfl will look at that that was a big stage for that big of a play to happen and i think that'll just reinforce 
the move to try to eliminate uh, that in the future. So tough. It, again, it's just you know, think about the days of Chuck Cecil and Steve Atwater and all those big safeties that just used to annihilate receivers coming over the middle. And we have a new generation of player. They just have to, you can disagree with it, but you just have to buy into the new way of, of playing the game. It's, it's very frustrating. I know for a lot of people. Kirk, when you answer, when you say that, that, you know, there's different ways to hit somebody in the, in a moment like that, because I do think there are a lot of people that are, are feeling that, hey, what is a defender supposed to do? But is the answer not you, you have to run through the receiver in that situation? That's how you tackle him in that spot, and that's the way it's going to be moving forward? Well, I think you grab him without bringing your lower body into his lower body. Okay. Uh, you, can still, you can still grab uh, around the receiver or the running back and with your both your arms and then just bring him to the left or to the right. You just can't get your lower body and all your momentum up onto his back. Yeah. And then that's what creates that, you know, that, that chance where you can roll, you know, and, and just bring all that force down on a guy's ankle or his lower, you know, lower part of his leg. You, you mentioned Kirk, the defense. Um, and I, I think we saw a few missed tackles in the first quarter or the first half. Anyway, there were some moments that looked kind of sloppy. I, I wonder if you got any sense at all for the Ravens being a team that just has a really late bye that week this year. And is there something to be said for this might just be a team right now that one can benefit from having this weekend off ahead of the, the Chargers next week. But more so, it just really kind of looks like a team as good as they are that is due for a bye week to kind of refresh a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I, I don't I don't you know, with the missed tackles, I think one, one of the things that that you have with the Ravens is you have a lot of speed, a lot of team speed. And when you get in space and you're, you're overly aggressive, sometimes against good players, you know, they can make you miss. And one thing that would concern me is, you know, the Ravens have one of the better run defenses and the Bengals had one of the worst, in fact, the worst run de- run offense in the, in the NFL. And they were able to get up uh, with their double teams and work up to those linebackers. Yeah. You know, we know about Roquan and how good he is, and Queen obviously is really good, but those guards were getting up into their face. And and so I, I wouldn't be as concerned about the missed tackles, but anytime you can get a refresher, um, a chance to to regroup the, around whatever we are. I, I don't even know where I am right now. What is it, week 10? Week yeah, week 11, 11 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but a chance, This is the, the bye comes at a, a great time, or the, the extended uh, time off comes at a really good time to just kind of catch your breath and, and get healthy and, and, and do a little self-scouting and, and just try to really reiterate some areas where, hey, we're doing really well in this area, but let's raise the bar in this and this and this area. So, yeah, I think the timing of this Thursday night game hit at the right time for Baltimore. So I, I'll, um, as I know, I need to let you go here in a minute or two because you got, again, a million jobs to do, Kirk. I'll, I'll reiterate it this way. The Ravens without Mark Andrews to you, are they still capable of being a Super Bowl caliber team? Yeah, I'm, again, I, I want to reserve judgment until I see him. I think yeah. with Lamar Jackson healthy, with OBJ and, and Bateman and, and the rookie Flowers, um, with with uh, the, the uh, there's enough firepower there and enough balance there. I, I feel like their style of football goes into December and goes into January. And whether you're at home where there's a huge advantage or you got to go to Kansas City or you got to go to wherever you might have to go, this style of football on both sides is complimentary and it's not this 
wide open spread attack where, you know, you, you need good weather, you need an indoor facility. You know, the Ravens can play indoors or outdoors. They can play in the sun. They can play in the rain. They can play in the snow. You know, that their style of football, that's what makes them a dangerous team. Now, how they respond, we'll have to wait and see because that's a significant loss. But can't wait to see what they come up with. And, and uh, knowing Todd Munkin as well as I do, they'll come up with a plan. It's just a matter of continuing to grow and, and con- continuing to try to build continuity around this new system. I feel like Munkin's learning things as each game and each rep go by because he's still a new guy that's, that's, that's uh, with the way you practice anymore and the restrictions on OTAs and, and camp, he's learning actually during games where guys are, are, are capable of doing some things and where they're not. So I think it's only going to get better, but it's a major hit. And uh, let's see how they respond these next couple of weeks when, when they got to go out and play without him. All right, Kirk Herbstreet, truly appreciate you. Know how busy you are. And, of course, game day tomorrow in Harrisonburg with James Madison. I imagine that'll be a, a quite an interesting show, given what's going on down there and the NCAA news this week. So we really look forward to that. Uh, truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. You got it, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you.